Hello and welcome to Legion Outpost. I'm Dave and I'm here with Adam the Computer. Adam, how are you? I'm doing great, Dave. Thanks for having me again. Excited to talk to Legion. I'm always excited when we travel in that time bubble to the 31st century. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I go, I, I think we hold our meetings in the old Legion headquarters where it's just like the little rocket ship. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Fortress Boy. Uh, yeah. You I haven't read that story, but uh, that headquarters turns out was uh, a superhero named Fortress Boy. Really? Okay. Cause yeah. Has anyone ever sort of like got a little bit of hanky-panky inside that little rocket? Because like me and Saturn Girl, <laughs> if, she's wearing, if she's wearing that bikini look that Mike Grell, et cetera, have her in the 70s, I've got to be honest, like Legion has got some good-looking women. I'll say that out right now, you know? They do, yeah. I mean, that's part of the appeal, I think. Uh, it's helping me. It's this, uh, <laughs> the sexy costumes um, <laughs> for the uh, girls and the guys, you know. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. Yeah, it's on both sides. I like the guys. I think it's got a lot. From our reading so far, I think they've got a lot of characterization in Legion, more so than in a lot of, you know, comic books of that era. Like, it's like, I think it helps that it's kind of going for that teenage, young 20s angle. Like, it's... um. You know, everyone's all. You know, there's there's always a lot of banter in the team and stuff. I think it's I think it's good fun. Yeah, I agree. Uh, they definitely are starting to get more into development now that we're reading the '70s stuff, and uh, yes. it gets even greater whenever um, Paul Levitz comes on board and he he really kind of fleshes out all the different characters. Can't wait. Now, so for listeners, uh, this episode of Legion Outpost, we're going to do two things. Quite quite different things first up we're going to discuss doomsday clock 10 by jeff johns and gary frank which has a legion uh sort of appearance in it a cameo but also is just a cool issue in terms of the dc universe and then the second uh chunk of the show is we're doing legion uh no superboy starring the legion of superheroes 202 to 205 am i right adam yeah, we're just covering the what were new stories at that time, so not yeah. the reprint stuff and those issues. Yes, and I mean, I had the rips from Comicsology, which are crystal clear. Such a pleasure to read, uh, because what I previously had was more scans of the actual old comics, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, whereas... um, and I was reading the actual old comics, so wow. still pretty decent, but yeah. not that crystal clear Comicsology. Do you have stuff. the, you know how you've got that, you know how your dad gave you that massive collection? Do you have the originals of this? Yeah. Um, wow. I don't think he had all those, but I had m most of that series, and then I filled in all the gaps, so I have all of those now. If I can just ask, I know you're not going to sell them, but, I mean, if, they, if you were to sell them, are they worth anything, like 70s comics like that, or are they kind of worthless? Uh, the 70s stuff, I mean, mine are kind of like reader copies. Yes. You know, he read them when he was a teen and, uh, sure. and a young adult, and now I read them as a kid, teen, adult. Yeah. Um, so I would say not the ones that I have, really. And I, I, I've seen, like, lots of them go on eBay for not too much, you know, right, a couple yeah. bucks an issue. Right, okay, yeah. yeah. No, it's more for your collection, which I think is really cool that you've got a collection that stretches back all the way to the, you know, the 70s. How, how do they hold up, like, now? Like, have you got them in, like, bags and boards or, or you know, the actual physical copies? Do, are they are they sort of falling apart by this point? Oh, uh, no, not, not really. Some of the early adventure stuff from the 60s is kind of falling apart where yeah. I'd like to track down a new issue. Um, my first appearance of the Legion from 58, uh, oh. I won't really get out too much to look at just because you yeah. know i want it I'm, I'm thinking about getting it graded i'm not really into grading comics but yeah um 
I might do it for that one because it'll be a nice display piece. What would you do? Imagine this if the dog ate it or something. Can you just imagine? Like, I know with our oh, yeah. dog, like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you walk in and there it's off the collection. You're just looking at the dog. The dog's looking at you with it as a mouth. I think he's done a great thing, but <laughs> you're eating yeah, money. for me. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to put him down. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I traded a sizable chunk of my collection to get that just because it was stuff that. I wanted to downsize and didn't really care about. Yeah. In some stuff, maybe I was kind of more attached to, but I still got rid of. Um, so I would be pretty upset. <laughs> yeah, and ironically, uh, that issue is what is cameoed in this ep- episode of Doomsday Clock. Am I right? Yeah, I love the 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 homage they did to that cover. It's yeah. just it's kind of one of those iconic covers, even yes. if it's not like you know Spider Man. Oh, I, I think it's it, it, it almost symbolizes a time and a place. Like, just that one picture tells you you're in the late 50s. It's Superboy. It's sci-fi 50s version. Like, it, it, it tells a whole story in one picture, really, just that cover, you know? Yeah, it's kids. It's fun. and Yeah. Yeah, it's just a great cover. I, I tell you what, I honestly think that in terms of you've got those 70s issues. I reckon comic ads peaked in the 70s from what I've seen. You know, the actual advertisements in the comics for all the different things. Um, Yeah, there's definitely some fun ads in there to uh, check out. It was a wild time to be a kid back then. It just feels like that back then, you know, there was a sense of kind of wonder mixed in with like that whole crazy kind of evil Knievel sort of stuff. Like there's a, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in comic book ads back in the 70s, I think, really. When I look at old yeah, copies. I remember uh, seeing some as a kid, and you know, always being kind of fascinated by the ads. Yeah. Um, even if I knew they weren't like things that I would ever be able to have because it was 20 yeah. years later. But uh, I remember there was an ad. I think the toy line was called like the Centurions, mm-hmm. and I remember just staring at that ad for the longest time and looking at all the different toys. It's cool. It's cool. Like I mean, it's because I obviously I grew up in the eighties, and and it was the ads were still there very much so. But like, there's a different feel to the ads from the seventies. I think they're still sort of, I guess it's the seventies vibe, you know. Like um, they, you're still seeing the sea monkeys, and there's still the muscle, you know. Yeah stuff and there's just a lot of information going on back then okay so first up we're gonna do doomsday clock 10 um i i'm i mean i read it this morning i hadn't read it although i do own the hard covers and i also being a marketing victim have ordered the large soft cover um just because yeah. just a completionist now so i was kind of before i went to read it because on signal of doom years ago Stu and i did the first couple of issues of doomsday clock and i was kind of underwhelmed you know i just felt like it was going nowhere fast and i thought i want to read this as a complete package but i i've since collected it all and but i haven't read it and i was kind of like i hope this is good well i've got to say this issue very competent interesting and well told and totally not what i expected from doomsday clock Uh, i had no idea it was going in this direction until you told me about it, like all this stuff about like Dr. Manhattan. I mean, it makes sense. He, he basically enters, well, he, he exits at the end of Watchmen, the Watchmen universe to enter the multiverse somewhere less complicated, he says, which I'm, I'm kind of like less complicated. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. Mm, I was like, I, mm, yeah, I don't know if I'd call the DC universe less complicated, like, um, <laughs> Way more complicated. I, mean, I guess it is in a way. There's, yeah. you know, just due to the hope and all that, it's not as. Yeah, grim, but I'm thinking least. of all the retcons and the crises yeah, and the fucking endless changing effects. But that's the point of the story. He he then comes to 
like a diner pretty much in in LA or no he a fading actor he basically picks up off the street feeds him and that kind of becomes his point of reference as the year shift this actor becomes famous um, but he's doomed to die kind of killed by ironically his own mother who was a stripper slash prostitute and just shady was trying to shake him down um, but the bigger and more interesting story is to do with Dr. Manhattan um he basically, uh, what is it? He sort of notices that Superman keeps changing origins. Like, so... Yeah, so, yeah, yeah he's kind of... It seems like he's drawn to the day that Superman makes his debut mm. because the same day that he meets up with that actor, uh, Carver Coleman, is the same day that Superman makes his de- debut. Right. Okay. And yeah. then he's... It's interesting because, yeah, I, I, I kind of find it interesting because obviously... In the original comics, Superman crash-landed in whatever year, I mean, and then he debuts in, like, 38 or 39, so it means he would have crash-landed on Earth, like, 20 years before, or roughly, or whatever. And yeah. but, but then it's all about how he goes back to the crash-landing, and the crash-landing date keeps changing, the circumstances around it change. It's kind of interesting. And Yeah, and yeah. it keeps changing uh, to the different kind of reboots yes. of the DC universe, right? So they did yeah. the Golden Age and then the Silver Age and then Crisis with John Byrne and then I think that was Mark Wade's birthright yes. and then finally they did uh, Jeff John's own origin, the secret origin, yeah, before doing cool. um, Grant Morrison's origin. Yeah, they do it all and um, he then gets the kind of broad idea, he sort of gets involved with the Justice Society which was springing up around the same time as the original Superman and he goes to he goes to one of the meetings and and they don't mention Superman. That's I think how he realizes Superman's not there. And then he goes and it's kind of funny actually what he does. He he goes to it's kind of cruel really. He goes to um when Green Lantern the original Green Lantern is it Alan Scott and yeah, Alan he, Scott. he kind of moves the, the lantern so that Alan right. Scott can't reach it and he dies. Um, I guess. So he then doesn't, um, what, form the Justice Society, basically. So that Superman, when he grows um, up, doesn't have the Justice Society. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. So post-crisis, rather than Superman being the inspiration for everyone, he didn't come around until the 80s. Yes. So that means Green Lantern was kind of the... I don't know if this is actually... Yeah, I'm kind of like... Since when is Green Lantern the inspiration of everybody? It's kind of like... He's the Green Lantern we all forgot, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would I would give him more credit than that. Like if you read um, Jeff Johns JSA. Yeah, yeah, but that was all, that was all and... later on. You know what I mean? Like that was all like yeah when they rehabilitated and, and made him more attractive. But what I'm saying is, in the '80s, people weren't going man, fucking Green Lantern. The original Green Lantern started it all. You know? Oh, sure, no, yeah. It wasn't until, like, um, you know, they started doing... I don't know if the All-Star Squadron maybe painted him as, mm. you know, the leader. I didn't read that yet. Um, but anyway, it's but the point of the story, and it think, works. You if know? you've read uh, Hush, Batman Hush, yes, you see Batman is running around the city as a kid with mm. Tommy Elliot in that book. And the hero that they see mm. that, um, like, inspires them is... Uh, Alan Scott, I don't know is if you remember that. I, I totally forgot about that, but okay. Okay, so there is... Look, in essence, it works in this story, which is all that matters, really. But that's also interesting, because I certainly didn't remember that. Um, okay, so 
it's it's so it's kind of cool. So what then happens is because he's tinkered with like so there's no legion of superheroes because Superboy never existed. Um, yeah. And... So Green Lantern was never there to inspire Superboy, and then Superboy was never around to inspire the Legion. Yeah. Ah, oh, is that how it worked? Right. I see. Yeah. So, so that's what's cool though, because uh... those were the things that were missing out of the New Fifty Two, or that were wrong with the New Fifty Two, was that one Superman was kind of off. Yeah. Because they were trying to like reinvent him. And then uh, well, his uniform you know, the, the was definitely JSA off. Was, you know what I mean? His uniform that? was his uniform was definitely off. Yeah, exactly. Fuck. You know, um, his personality was kind of off. And then the JSA was missing, and the Legion was missing. So by, yeah, you know, focusing on Superman and making this one change, Jeff Johns was kind of able to explain, you know, what happened to the New Fifty Two and why it was so different, and able to blame it on Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, which was also interesting yeah. because the meta type commentary of the fact that, you know, maybe part of the reason that they tried to make the new 52 more grim and gritty and stuff was the influence of a story like Watchmen. Sure, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, exactly. The strands of where things like Watchmen and like Dark Knight led us. I mean, they, you know, I would say those two things together combined to sort of grim and gritty the universe a bit, you know, like yeah. the sort of, I don't know what you call it, like the forerunners or the huge influences, you know what I mean? Like the kind of big bangs uh, of that. Sure, kind of, uh, kind of you know. like the wrong lesson was learned from those stories, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. I mean, I think they're, they're fantastic stories, but I, I think probably the, the, I mean, if I'm being, if we're just talking about comics as a product, you know, like DC Comics as a product, like nothing to do with story, I would say they probably went, too deep into that well and tried to do too many characters from that kind of version, if you know what I mean. Like, there's sure, nothing yeah, there's I, nothing wrong with those I, stories, I but I think by trying to make it all that way and certainly like Superman, they're constantly trying to do that with Superman, you know. Um, I think they veered too yeah. much in that direction, so... Which is kind of... Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I wasn't interesting. trying to comment on the quality of those stories so much mm. as even if, you know, you talk to Alan Moore, mm. you know, he would say that you know, that wasn't really the point of what Watchmen was. It was more like a commentary on how, yeah. you know, comics shouldn't become this or whatever. Uh, uh, mind you, you talk to Alan Moore, you're going to get a lot of yeah. random comments about a lot of things. Like, <laughs> you, you, you know, he's going to be like, I hate DC, I hate comic fans, I hate life. And it's like, Jesus Christ, Alan. Like, we just wanted, like, a short quote. Um, and then he's like, buy my book. <laughs> you know, it's surprising. People always act sometimes like... Uh, the Watchmen is kind of what broke their relationship, but he actually did a lot of work with DC afterward, or at yeah. least through Wildstorm and ABC Comics. He did, but remember that Wildstorm was not a DC entity. It was an image entity before Jim Lee sold to DC. You know? Oh, that's true. But yeah, it seems like he stuck around a while yes. after. So... He, no, he did. No, you're, you're right. What he, he worked for, he did a lot of work for image. He got paid a lot of money to work at image on various things. And then I believe at some point when he, I believe when he might have been doing ABC Comics, Jim Lee sold to DC. Like at some some point there, and he then very much did have an issue, but he he was kind of told you won't get any editorial interference. Uh, DC won't be handling it; it'll be handled by the Wildstorm office. Blah blah blah. You know, oh, okay, gotcha. uh, look, it, it's the classic story though. Alan Moore's always been quite prepared to dine with the devil. You know, um, yeah. You know, it, it, look, it's capitalism. Like, I'm not saying he shouldn't, but he at, uh, he was screwed, 
I mean, I'm bringing up something that everyone knows. He was screwed on the Watchmen deal, which soured his entire relationship. But at various times, he certainly has kind of, you know, kind of held his nose and kept going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it, yeah. it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. But anyway, so what I did find really interesting, I mean, I really thought it was interesting how Dr. Manhattan was saying he developed, like, hubris and he got confident, like, he really kind of reveled in the New 52, like, he was actually, like, an agent of change. And then the metaverse, he mentioned, he, he was saying how, like, this, the universe where, um, you know, the DC universe where Superman comes from, it's the metaverse or whatever, and it constantly is rebelling against the changes he's making, and so it's pushing those themes of hope and stuff. So they're kind of it's kind of pushing back against his adjustments, which I actually think is really interesting. Kind of like sort of not just a commentary, but I even think just a story. I I think that's actually kind of cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I always kind of like that as a philosophy for because you know we had the DC universe before Crisis and then we had yeah. one after Crisis and people act like they're different Earths yeah. and then the New Fifty Two they act like is maybe like a different Earth, but I always kind of held the philosophy of kind of like what the metaverse is described as where it's just this is still the DC universe it's just that you know a crisis those happened. stories still happened it's yeah. just they didn't happen <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i think it's kind of cool like i mean i i don't really like you've got a uh, there's two ways to look at it as a business move crisis at the time definitely worked you know what i mean like uh, doing the reset and all that kind of stuff like it seemed to give the comics a lease of life um but even as a story which kind of dc i mean they haven't just touched on it they've ruthlessly exploited it now for the last 20 years it's kind of interesting that this actual huge crisis happened inside the universe and kind of reshaped it. Like, I think it's cool. You know, I, I think the problem is, though, the problem with DC in telling this story is they, they go through so many handlers. You know, so many hands have been at the wheel since crisis to now. There's not a coherent structure to it, and that does hurt it a little bit, I think. Yeah, I felt it was better off until, like, recently where I felt like they just kind of were like, well, do whatever you want and yeah. introduce, you know. Uh, they introduced a character called Perpetua uh, who is, like, responsible for, for all the different crises. So it's almost – it just kind of feels like uh, you keep zooming out and getting a bigger story, which makes the story that we like to begin with seem smaller and smaller because, you know – you know, I don't know. I just, I'm not a fan of that. And I'm not a fan of like altering maybe like uh, big parts of the cosmology or the, um, I don't know, the mythos. You know, I hear you. you know, I, I get you yeah. completely. I, I think they've like... definitely gotten worse at it. What they've also gotten now is they're just, they're just ruthlessly exploiting their own confusion. You know, like it's like the dark multiverse, the this, the that, the like the death metal, like it's it's not good storytelling now. It's just sort of it's all, we're, we're almost back to sort of shock rock, you know, and it's it's just not particularly well told. It's not very coherent, like you say. They they push out and out and out, but they don't push out and out and out in an interesting manner. Um, yeah, they've definitely got a word. It, it, it it's more, as much of a mess now as it's ever been. And yet, when I read this issue, Jeff Johns, very competent writer. Uh, tells a good story um and i think when he tells it i kind of go yeah that's fine you know i've got no problems with how he tells it it's all the sort of like now imagine all the dark multiverse and the death metal and all the other shit they've got going on 
that doesn't work as well for me. Yeah, that's another thing. Is like it's almost like this doomsday clock exists within death metal now because death metal is the biggest thing, and it's like, well, no, I like this story. I, I far prefer this. See, yeah. this is the biggest thing, not death metal. I don't care about that. I think the problem is that somehow they've managed to sell comics in a sort of fading market on the back of Batman Who Laughs and death metal. So they sort of become yeah. obsessed with that, and they sort of they, they're chasing their own tail is what they're actually doing. Like. And yeah, it's, it's true. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. But for the purposes of this, we had Legion of Superheroes, very brief appearance. I forgot, why does Cosmic Boy have a bubble on his head? Oh, yeah, so his first appearance, he had a helmet, and the coloring, you could tell, is off as well. So he's more purple, and um, Lightning Lad has a different uh, costume, and he's called Lightning Boy. You can see by but his name, why? Plate, and Saturn but, Girl's costume but, is off. What, why has these changes been made? Uh, well, that, I mean, that's how they originally appeared. So you look at the cover of Adventure 247, that's what they looked like. Oh, so right. So they're just okay. throwing back gotcha. to this is how they originally looked. Oh, yeah, well, that's fine. Yeah, that's that's good. I didn't realize. Okay, cool. So, yeah, I was going to say, if you're going to do the reference, um, it, yeah, I, I like it that it matches, like, the cover of the Adventure comic from back in 58. Uh, I've got to say Superboy, it's kind of like boy question mark that it's it's a boy's frame at an adult's head i think uh yeah i could see that i mean he's i I don't don't know if gary frank's good at doing i'm used to seeing jeff johns as superman and he looks very uh like um christopher reeve a lot of the time yeah but like it's look i'm you know i am going to be a bit of an art critic here gary frank fantastic artist but this super boy look at look at the page after where he says which says, why is he the centre of the universe? And that picture. If I looked at that head, I wouldn't think boy. You know? Really? Because I, I feel like I would, <laughs> especially if you compare it to, you know, page 26, and you see that Superman where he's much more, like, filled out. Yeah, okay. All right, all right. I accept that. Now, I've got... I, here's what I'll say is, mm-hmm. knowing that it's he's wearing an S costume makes me think boy, but maybe if that was just a drawing... So I'm saying, person, you, you take out, yeah. if you take out the, that and you just have the headshot, so nothing, and I just looked yeah, at I that, see... I, I wouldn't think boy. Like, Super Boy is what? No older than 16, I would think? 16 to 18? Yeah, I can see that being the face of a 16-year-old, though. I don't know, man. A massively emaciated <laughs> 16-year-old. Anyway, I've got a question. I've got a question. So let's flash to page 25 where, where you've got the cool picture of um, sort of edgy Clark in like the leather jacket. Without his parents or the Legion, Clark grows more distant from humanity. I understand him better. I like that line. I relate to him more. It is five years ago and I feel the power of changing Superman. It is intoxicating. I have altered the metaverse and in turn the multiverse. Blah, blah, blah. And then oh, where, I'm trying to find this fucking... I'm reading the wrong page. Um, oh, yeah. This bit where he says... Um, I have recreated the metaverse and has turned against me. I see a vision of Superman in the future. He has found me and he destroys me or I destroy the metaverse. What does that mean? Like, has that happened in Doomsday Clock or that happens? I I didn't quite understand. Um, So we get kind of teases of it throughout. uh, But yeah, I mean, that's kind of what they're alluding to, like a throwdown between the two. And does that happen in Doomsday Clock in the 12 issues? No, not so much. Oh. It's he's kind of coming at him to protect him because there's a bunch of villains that are attacking. Oh. Um, 
so you know you're supposed to think there's going to be like a big throwdown but obviously you would also know that superman likes to solve some of his problems without yes that's that's what i thought i was like i don't get it superman's not normally like i must kill him like that would take a you know that's not really generally i think what you're supposed to think is like oh dr manhattan did something so bad that superman's gonna like kill him but such as uh, allowing alan scott to just die on the train yeah, exactly. Mind you, Dr. Manhattan, because of his condition, is very... I mean, he's always been a very removed personality. Like, for example, with the comedian, he lets it, the comedian just kill that woman. Yeah. Um, and I've could... always liked Dr. Manhattan a lot. I know that you kind of said that you're not a big fan, but I always yeah. found him really interesting, especially, like, in this issue where yeah. um, he does that thing where he can be... I, I don't know the term for it, but he's basically able to live at whatever point in his timeline yes. that he wants. And I always found that really interesting as a... No, I, I, technique I, I don't know power. if I said I was not a big fan. If I did, that's just one of my many rants. No, I, I find him an interesting <laughs> character. I think it's a limited character that you can only use so much. Um, but sure, in, yeah. in, in limited doses, no, I think he's cool. I, I, but I, I, I just... He's not the kind of character... I, I, what I don't want... Is Doctor Manhattan being the big bad villain in your weekly Superman book? I think that ruins the character. You know, um, sure, I, yeah. I like I mean, him I think like that's this. Why he saved him for something like this yes. rather than, yeah. He's not evil. You know, he's he 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 can do things that if you or I did them could be considered evil. But he's not operating from an evil thing. If anything, he's almost like true neutral. You know, um, yeah, he's kind of operating from a higher perspective. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, he's not operate. He's not like Lex Luthor, like or or Ra's al Ghul or someone like that, or or Darkseid would be a better example. Uh, you know, Darkseid, a creature of pure evil. You know, like that is totally not Doctor Manhattan. So I wouldn't want him being like this week. Superman fights Doctor Manhattan, and, and you know, blah blah blah. Like, and it's just like really average. I, I like him like this where it's a little bit more complicated and um, you kind of see his point of view and to him it's all a bit of a lab experiment, you know? Yeah, he's just kind of tinkering to kind of, you know, yeah. find out just... more about this new place. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I think, I don't know, I just think as an issue, this is so different from the start of Doomsday Clock which to me was quite dull, the first two issues of Doomsday Clock. Um, um, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with you but I know you weren't a fan um, but yeah, the first six issues kind of focus more on not even the Watchmen characters, but kind of the Watchmen legacy characters. So right. like the new Rorschach. Um, but I guess that's the difference between you and I is because going into this story, I was very excited ever since the rebirth one shot that I was kind of following all the news and stuff. Yeah. So I knew it was pretty much, I already knew that, uh, like, I don't know. Jeff Johns, I feel like, gave away a lot in, like, interviews. Right, right. So that when people read this story and they were very excited about what happened, I felt like I'd already had read it because I felt like he'd pretty much said these kind of things in the interviews, and that's what got me excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I could see maybe from that different lens uh, me having a different um, feelings about it going into it. Well, I will say this. When you told me the story of how, like, he knocked over Green Lantern's lamp and all that, I, I thought, how fucking lame. But when I, I I just thought it sounded lame. But when I read it, I was like, oh, no, no. part of the plot, it works. I, look, I'll be honest. I think that Jeff Johns, extremely good writer, very competent, and this is a very competent, solid issue. I do think, though, 
that he's very good at writing in the wake of something like Watchmen, but you stack this against Watchmen, it's a lot lesser. You know, like, it's interesting, it's good on its own merits, like, it's a, I'm giving it, like, 8 out of 10, like, it's even an 8.5, but Watchmen's kind of like a 10, you know, and... Well, I, I mean, yeah. come on. No, uh, <laughs> you, I, I'm just, I'm just, what I'm trying to say is, like, he's very good, but... No, I, I get what you're saying, yeah. I just, when you're comparing anything to Watchmen, you know, it's well, not as good. Well, if which... anything's going to be compared to Watchmen, it's the fucking tie-in sequel. You know, like, I think it's quite fair to. Like, it's a 12-issue, Jeff Clock, you know, top artist. Uh, He's writing the characters directly in the wake. I think it's fair to compare it to the original. It's like if, you know, every Star Wars movie gets compared to, like, you know, the the others in the franchise. Like, I'm just saying... No, I'm 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 not begrudging you that. I just mean, you know, I don't see anything coming out... Uh, yeah. you know, being regarded as well as Watchmen, whether it's related or not. I, I think mean, some really comics like have. TV show. I think some com- um, yeah, I think some comics. Uh, I, I don't think Watchmen's the only ten in comics. I think that there's other. No, examples. I don't mean that. I just mean especially when it's being juxtaposed so closely to Watchmen. Yeah. I think makes it less likely to be a ten because yes. It sure. is so close in, you know, characters and all that. But, he ne- he I mean, that's fair that he felt that way. If he gave I'd like more for comedian. you to read the whole thing and then maybe uh, see yeah. how you feel about it. Yeah, uh, look, I, I really enjoyed this issue, to be honest. I I, I loved, like, I, when I read it, I was like, yeah, I really like this issue a lot. You know, like, and I felt, when I say something's very competent and very good, uh, it's a total compliment. Like, this this issue works... I love that I could just pick it up at issue 10, not having read... Oh, I mean, I read one and two two years ago, you know, so I barely remember them. Yeah. I, I could come in, read issue 10, and I was like, man, that's a great issue. I, I might even give it a nine, frankly, actually. I, I, I'm going to upgrade to a nine. It's very, very, very good. Um, and it's also interesting. I think that's part of it. It's not just... It's actually interesting. Like, I went for a walk around the block after I read it, and I was thinking about it, and... That's kind of rare sometimes in comics where you're sort of like, I like that when you can sort of just chew it over in your mind a little bit. Yeah, I hear you. Um, I, uh, I've been reading Stormwatch recently. Oh, that's great. And I've noticed there's a little more meat on those bones than other comics. Uh, oh, so I've been yeah. appreciating that. But yeah, thing, like yeah. I said, I mean, I, uh, I totally get where you're coming from on this. I mean, I... Uh, rate it really highly but i'm a very big jeff johns fan i'm a very big dc mm. universe like mm. cosmology fan i'm a very big gary frank fan you are out of the so, computer so i mean this is kind of right you're you're at the desk almost brainiac style kind of operating the controls w- what are you giving it when you punch in all those numbers uh, i'm gonna say uh a nine yeah well i'm on nine too but, i think we've arrived at nine via different ways but we're both on a nine you know? Yeah, and I guess my only point was that this is something that's just uh, very catered towards me because I also yes. love Watchmen. Yeah, so um, do I. So, yeah, it was just cool to see more of them. You know, it is cool. Um, You can give me a spoiler. In the Watchmen, sorry, in Doomsday Clock, you know what I'm going to ask. Does Comedian turn up at all? Yeah, he does. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> he kind of grabs him out of time right before he splats. Good. Okay, good. Does he... Okay, second question. Does he turn up much? Like, is there a whole issue about Comedian? Uh, there's not a whole lot. There's a part where he tries to kill Lex Luthor. Good. And then he does kind of take out some, like, D-list DC characters, like 
shooting him in the head and all that. So basically what I'm boiling it down to, though, Adam, is there a comedian in Vietnam issue in Doomsday Clock? <laughs> no, no comedian in yeah. Nam. There wasn't... Uh, I don't think it was really something that they needed to get into for this one. Oh, Jesus Christ. I would have loved it. If they... You know, like... Because if you told me there was that, oh, that was the, that was the first thing I was going to read after this after this show, after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, maybe uh, they're doing that Rorschach book now, so maybe they'll do a comedian one next. hope so. Yeah, that'd be good. Like, give Dave something that he fucking wants. You know, like, we've got Dr. Manhattan, you know, done to death. We've got Rorschach happening with Tom King. Give me the comedian 12 issue, you know. In you got that Brian Azzarello one, right? And I liked it, too. That left me hungry for more. I was kind of like, it was good. I enjoyed it. Like, but, I, but like, give me more of that, you know. Give, give me Azzarello with a top artist on uh, Comedian in Vietnam. Call it Comedian in Vietnam. I would, I would fucking pick that up, <laughs> pick that up in a heartbeat. Um, yeah. All right, so we're, look, we're both on nines. I think we've arrived by different ways, but I think we both agree it's a very good issue, basically. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, and yeah. I mean, a very brief <laughs> Legion appearance. Um, they're really just there to show that their absence only makes Superboy or Super or Clark more isolated, really, you know? Yeah, I was going to say um, they do come back in issue 12. Good. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, one thing is for certain, I'm going to read Doomsday Clock now that I own both hardcovers and I own it digitally and <laughs> I have the soft cover. Um, so, so I have invested, um, so I am a marketing victim. Uh, I will read it from the start, though, um, and I think we'll do it on Signal over two. I think, you, I think you've got to give it two weeks, you know, two for six issues per week. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd say so. That makes sense. Yeah, I think so, man. You've got to give it some... Some, some room there. to breathe. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot there. And there should be a lot there. It's following in the wake of Watchmen. Now, yeah. the second uh, portion of our show, we're, get, we're taking a time travel back to about 1974, I believe. Am I right, Adam? Yeah, I believe so. 1974, yeah. The year I was born, Major. actually. I was born in 74. Oh, wow. Yeah. Back, Happy back birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So the first one up in uh, issue 202, which was a 100-page issue, but we're only doing the original stuff, which was about 25 pages. Um, yep. It's a new tale uh, featuring Colossal Boy and Shrinking Violet. I've not seen a lot of Shrinking Violet. Um, certainly quite a bit of Colossal Boy in our reading so far. And basically it's them stuck in space on a um, on, on a ship. And it's a cool issue, actually. And then Colossal Boy is finding that when he goes into the ship, uh, it, it powers off. And then when he leaves the ship, it powers on. Am I right? Yeah, so he kind of strands himself out on an asteroid, um, and I don't and really she, remember. Then she what goes happens. to go. Well, basically, what happens is she goes to go away, back to Earth, and is going to leave him on the asteroid. But then she notices um, that. Uh, what does she notice? She she, she notices oh, right. that he got shot by this like miniature person that they just beaten. And so she then goes back and rescues him just, just as he's about to suffocate. He bursts out, and she takes the bullet out of him, and one of the raiders fired it into his neck. When you were giant-sized, when you regained your normal height, the bullet was designed to shrink also, becoming microscopic. That's why it didn't show up on our physio scans. Um, if you discard the troublesome bullet, our ship will be A-OK again, ready to take us home. And then he says, like I said before, we were so rudely interrupted, Earth, here we come. So it's kind of a cool little story. Yeah, um, 
it was pretty all right. I, I, I honestly kind of find it pretty forgettable. Like I was saying, I couldn't remember what happened, but yeah, well, it was cool that they paired those two together because, uh, you know, one can shrink, one can grow. And I feel like there was always kind of like, a, hey, they should be in a relationship type. Yeah, I mean, look feeling. look, look on page five at, at Shrinking Violet and just a nice shot of her standing at the controls with that plunging neckline. Um, yeah, you like that. <laughs> I like it a lot, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shrinking Violet. And then there's a really cool little lore of the Legion um, where Legion, you know, fans, Legionnaires listen to this. Um, and I do want to do a thank you and shout out to all the Legion um, fans who've supported the Legion Outpost in recent uh, days and weeks. Um, we had a guy asking about, was the show live? Um, uh, Adam, remember? It was, was uh, Tom Burkert. Was it? I thought it was Alan, someone. No, uh, Tom was the one that was asking if we were live, and oh. then Alan Williams gave us a lot of correspondence and uh, oh, I'm getting the some trivia. Yeah, Alan was, was heavy on the trivia. I mean, it was almost like he wanted your job, Adam. Like, um, <laughs> Adam, the computer, is ensconced in these controls. Like, you've got a lot of data coming in. I kind of think you're like Mobius in the chair. In, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but it seemed like Alan had some answers. But also, so who was it who was asking were we live? Tom. Yeah, Tom Berker. He's a, he's a friend, uh, Facebook friend of mine. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, if Tom was here in the studio of Signal right now, yeah, it's live. <laughs> 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 like, like we are alive recording, but by the time you hear this, we could be dead. You know, like it could be kind of like coffin, like tombstones <laughs> in our eyes, kind of thing. Like we could we could yeah. be talking. You know, this could be in the thirty first century. Listening to this kind of thing. You know, we kind of want to get kind of a bit kind of like philosophical about it all um you know <laughs> hey could be could, could be <laughs> um now lore of the, lore of the legion uh, i really like this because it kind of featured you know if you're just coming in like me you know there's a lot of characters and it, it describes cosmic boy saturn girl looking ravishing in that sort of pink purple bikini lightning lad and light lass um who i wasn't as familiar with light lass but uh, i was interesting hearing her powers duo damsel so by this point Triplicate Girl was no more because one of her bodies was killed in action. Uh, Bouncing Boy, yep. Phantom Girl in some flared pants. Um, yep. Chameleon Boy, Invisible Kid they get through, Colossal Boy, Star Boy, um, Brainiac 5, Sun Boy, Shrinking Violet, who's looking very alluring there with how she's um, you know, mm-hmm. sort of posed. Ultra Boy, um, Matter Eater Lad, and you know Matarita Lad because you had that uh, recent uh, commission. Um, yep, he's one of my favourites. One of your favourites, and that guy went in the horror vein. I like how Matarita Lad is like eating, a, like I don't know what he's eating, like a sort of. Some, he's eating like <laughs> yeah, a I think golf he said club that he stuff. got into the uh, like the Legion. Um, I don't know wherever you put the servers. I think is what he said. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, so it was just cool that, to to put all those characters there because. If you remember from previous um, episodes, they were sort of reformatting Legion to now be a regular feature again. Because before this, it had been running a lot of reprints as well. So this was during a period where they were starting to produce a lot more new Legion material, which tells me that a lot of new readers would be discovering Legion for the first time in the 70s. Yeah, I think uh, 197 was when they finally got their name on the cover for the Superboy book. Yes. uh, Which Alan was telling us it doesn't actually become... Uh, Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes oh. until 
uh, a couple of years later inside on the, uh, what's it called? In, Indicia? In, Indicia? I don't know how you say that. Yes, I wasn't familiar with what he was talking about. But, but Superboy starring the Legions is, in fact, the title at the moment, I believe. Yeah. And Alan yeah, was, was all over that. Uh, Alan was ready to correct you at weddings and funerals on that issue. <laughs> like, you know, he's, he's one of those guys who's out there. If someone makes that error... He's going to correct you. He's going to set you straight on that one, which is good, you know? Like, hey, I mean, that's what we're here for, right? We're here to spread information. Uh, sure. So, yeah, it's appreciated. I, I um, spread a lot of information, not all of it correct, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's true. I've got you. <laughs> <laughs> but now the indicia, or I, I, can, I don't know how to say that word, indicia. I'm not sure. Um, is the inside the first page. Uh, in older comics, they'll normally have like the title, yes. the date, and like the copyright information. That's where the official title of the book is. Okay. Um, anymore, they put it usually in the the very back of the book. Yes, but and, that, and they yeah, would but, always uh, used to do the volume of the book and stuff as well. You know, like yeah, exactly all that kind of stuff. And here, I was going to say uh, this probably was nice for you because not only are you not super familiar with the characters, but also. Uh, these are their disco designs. I love so, it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think it's awesome. Like, so did these designs, which are all very kind of mid-70s kind of disco era, um, were they all sort of – so this was – they were all being created kind of basically at that point in 74. Is that right? Yeah, so right around where we started last episode, 197, mm. and a few episodes before that was where they kind of came in. Um, so probably like 72 to 74. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of them look so different based on their costumes, like Trinking Violet, you wouldn't recognize her from this costume to, you know, some of her other costumes. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. Um, and then we had, uh, a pretty cool. Oh, also yes. they're listed there and the order that they joined the Legion, oh, except right. they pulled a couple out where they like light last didn't join that early, but they put her there because of lightning lad. And, yes. Um, the other one was, uh, it doesn't matter, but there was another one that got pulled out of Bouncing Boy. Right. He got pulled out to be up by Do a Damsel, so. Yeah, just, because, just... because they mentioned them together because they're a couple. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, definitely. Um, then we had a pretty cool little tale of Wildfire, how he gets the name Wildfire, and, and I love how he inscribes it in, in the air, really, to tell people, this is the new name I'm going by, Wildfire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he basically gets a page and a half in this whole story, which I thought was kind of funny because, you know, they could have just put this at the end of last issue, 201, but I yeah. guess they probably had to meet uh, a particular page count, maybe. Yeah. Um, but here, he's got a page and a half where he just says his new name yeah. is Wildfire, and then he's not in the rest of the book, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, they they go off. It's actually a pretty cool story. They go off to um basically where... Uh, energy is being converted by pollution and they meet this devil fish and then there's, there's other guys who I thought had masks on but they're actually their design um, and it, they're sort of got like green sort of massive moustaches <laughs> yeah they look kind of like uh, definitely very 70s I thought yeah. that it was going to be revealed that they were wearing masks and they were actually humans you know like oh. Sc Scooby Doo style kind of thing like you know what I mean like yeah. and um but that wasn't they're the just case. Ugly. They did. They just. They're just ugly and very seventies. Like it's. It's very much like a seventies like bad trip or something. And um, Devilfish turns out to sort of be good, and he's just really doing it because they're taking away the pollution that he needs to live. I think. Um, 
And yeah, it's kind yeah, of interesting. Yeah, he, he basically cleans pollution like the machines do, but he needs it to survive. And Can I ask yeah. a question, though? Am I the only one who thought this? Like, Superboy is like, we're going to have to change the way we do everything. And it's like, are you? Like, would you? Like, in terms <laughs> of, like, corporate entities, would they just, like, flip and go, oh, we can no longer use this energy source for the entire world because Devilfish has an issue with it, you know? Yeah, seems unlikely. Yeah, that's what I thought too. That was they the probably get moved to like a water plantation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he'd be he'd be put in a zoo. Maybe that might be more yeah, white. I guess swimming pool. <laughs> yes, swimming pool. Yeah, like enjoy enjoy devilfish. Uh, and then they're like, "Will devilfish and the legion ever cross currents again? Only time and a future issue will tell." And I was like, "Yeah, you weren't really dominating that much devilfish that like I'm <laughs> crying out for a return." Yeah, I was wondering if they thought maybe this would be like a new Legionnaire. Yeah. Um, which would have been interesting because at the time we didn't have that many different looking Legionnaires. We had Brainiac 5, Chameleon yes. Boy, Shadow Asses Blue, and then uh, Wildfire, of course, needs his suit. But this would have been like a truly alien looking yes. Legionnaire. But, yeah, but you know. I, I got the vibe that that wasn't going to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, he does uh, return at some point, or at least that species do, but I don't think, you know, very often. So, no. But a- an enjoyable issue, like, some would say throw away, but to me, just lightweight fun, you know? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I'd probably give the previous story a six and a half. I'd give this one a seven and a half. You'd give Devilfish seven and a half, would you? Yeah, I think so. I'd probably give seven to both. I thought both were, 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 were fun on, on about the same level. Um, so I'd, I'd give a seven overall. Uh, the next one we had was an interesting story. Am I right in saying that the villain creature is part of the Fatal Five? You are correct. Uh, this was one that I always looked through as a kid. It was one of my favorites, and I I think it was the first Mike Grell issue. I see that Mike Grell is on art, whereas the previous one was Dave Cockrum. Yes, I believe Mike Grell might have been inking uh, that issue, um, but this, oh, okay. this issue he's actually yeah full art. Um, very gifted artist, Mike Grell. And this was very early on in his career. He even gets a kind of introduction in one of the issues. Um, so it's, it's you know, very shortly after he joined DC. So do you want to take us through this issue, Adam? Yeah, sure. So uh, like you said, uh, basically the story is that Validus is coming to attack the... Um, well, this is the first page tease, at least, that Validus is coming to attack Legion headquarters. Mm. Um, and as you said, Validus is the big guy from the Fatal Five who we find out later has a pretty intimate connection with some of the Legionnaires. Really? Um, yeah, that was a big reveal. Okay. Um, but, um, but here he's being controlled by... He's normally controlled by another member of the Fatal Five, like by his cybernetic brain or something. But it was kind of obvious what happened. Yeah, they, they go to the prison where he's being held and that guy's just like almost comatose and, you know just totally out to lunch and getting operated on. So, but then they're like, oh, but we have part of his brain in the Legion headquarters in our trophy room. And I'm like, yeah, I think <laughs> I've worked this one out. Like, guys, like, it, yeah. it was no one's fucking finest hour not to work this out. And then, of course, that's what's controlling him. Um, yeah, probably should have taken a hammer to that or something. Yeah, and, like, you know, let's just display this yeah, remote, telepathic, you know, machine. Um, let's just display that trophy room and hope nothing goes wrong. And um, yeah. and so then there's a fight, and I forget who it is, but they crush it. You and skipped then... ahead a lot. You realize, right? Like no, well, uh, we, eight can, pages. we can skip. We can skip back. I'm giving the broader oh, strokes okay. as I like to do. Gotcha. And and then they 
destroy it. But but yeah, they destroy it and then the the, the big bad goes away because the guy flies away, I believe. But there's a really interesting story about people breaking into the Legion. Do you want to take us into that? Yeah, sure, that's fine. Um, yeah, so we see a bunch of people breaking into the Legion uh, headquarters, um, and they all get kind of wrapped up by the Legionnaires. And the point was it was Legionnaires in disguise that yes. were coming in. To, they weren't necessarily in disguise, but they were... I think they knew that they were Legionnaires. Maybe not. No, I think but, they knew, um, but that was part, part of the um, the game. Almost, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was like a war games type yes, thing where yes. one of, they were supposed to try to sneak in and sabotage the headquarters. Yes. Which they succeed because one of the legionnaires is not at his post and it's Invisible Kid. I thought this and was Mon-El fascinating. And Monel is pissed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who was pissed? It was um. Yeah, Monel, wasn't it? Yeah. Monel's um, kind of a bit of a bitch, you know. Like he's. Yeah, I mean, we yeah. were talking about that recently, uh, or in a a few episodes ago that he was kind of grumpy as a leader. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. Later on, they do a story to kind of explain why mm. he was being such a dick. <laughs> right. Yeah. Be, and it's really interesting why Invisible Kid was absent though. I, th- I didn't, I didn't know this about Invisible Kid. He goes to another dimension and he's talking to this woman. Um, uh, and he has like a relationship with her and stuff and he wants to go and join her. So when he's invisible, he can see her and stuff. I thought it was, and then the the payoff of the story, like it was pretty cool. Yeah, so he's not really uh, ever been in a relationship. He says much like in the books, but yeah, he falls in love with her, and then uh, she delivers guess... some news that's so shocking to him that he kind of almost goes into like sort of like shock. Yeah, and I guess that's why he was passed out whenever the legionnaires were doing their war games. Yeah, it was cool. And then uh, you find out. Can can I reveal what actually happened? Yeah. Um, so then you, they find out, like, it's really cool. Like, there's a really good image where he's, like, explaining what happens when he's invisible. And when your eyes concentrate on the pen, the rest of me is out of focus. But when your eyes focus on me, it's the pen that looks blurred. And, and she's like, I think I get it now. When you concentrate on the invisible world, our world fades out of focus. He's like, you got it, Phantom Girl. Like, Phantom Girl's on his wavelength, really, you know? Um, and she's yeah, like, thanks for the compliment. A, Maybe it's because our power. powers are so much alike. I'm like, yeah, I guess. Um, <laughs> she sort of can go through walls and stuff like Kitty Pride, can't she? Yeah, but I think there's also like an element of her being like lighter, like at least she's drawn uh, less. Um, I don't know, less distinct whenever she's in her phantom form. Yeah, so yeah, I guess yeah. that's why they're making that connection. Oh yeah, it's definitely there. And then um, one of my favorites, obviously, um, Dream Girl, who I'm always a big fan of, and oh my, she looks fetching. Um, <laughs> she has a, she's like, she has a bad dream and she's like positive and you know my dreams always foretell the future. They're never wrong. And I'm like, well, okay. They're frequently wrong. <laughs> but like, according to her, she's never wrong in her dreams. Um, and then it all turns out like when you get to, when you get to the end of that storyline, the, the girl that Invisible Kid was seeing or the woman was actually a ghost. And, um, she, when she breaks that news to Invisible Kid, um, it sends him into shock, and then he is the one who destroys the um, device that's controlling the bad guy, and then he dies. And they're like, um, I don't know about this ending, where they're like, she's fading away, and they go, I know Lyle was very dear to all of you, but don't mourn for him. I'll take good care of him. Today we lost one of our greatest comrades, but I think he'd want us to be happy for him. Yes, because we know that Invisible Kid and Myla are together at last, for all eternity. I'm like, well, they're both just dead. 
Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess just the confirmation of there being an afterlife. I don't know. But, but uh, is it an afterlife? Because doesn't she disappear? Uh, I, I don't know. Good point. Yeah, I kind of had the same feeling when I first read it. And I was like, oh, I guess it's happy. But... I, th- I thought it was like a ghost that found peace. And then they just basically fade away to nothingness, which is what happened to him, too. So it was kind of more like, well, they're both expired. Um, so I don't know if they're... It's not live happily ever after. It's the opposite. Like, I, I mean, I think the implication by her saying that is that she knows that there's <laughs> maybe some kind of afterlife, but I don't know. You're taking the more positive spin. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, but yeah, they uh, they really killed off Invisible Kid real good here, huh? Yeah, they did. I didn't, but it, he obviously comes back because um, he's in other comics, isn't he? Uh, and so in the in this version of the Legion, he doesn't come back. Right. Um, they allude to him being back one time, but it's like a, a scheme. But oh. uh, no, this invisible kid never comes back. He's oh. the second legionnaire wow. to stay dead after Pharaoh Lad. Jeepers creepers! Like so, this is a real death scene. I, I thought this was just a comic book death where he kind of comes, like Lightning Lad or someone like comes back like next week. You know, like this is <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, that was kind of surprising to me. It was one of my. When I when I was a kid, I liked reading like the death issues, you know, the yeah. noble sacrifice and all that. Sure. But uh, when you read it in hindsight, it's like I mean, he really didn't accomplish that much. No, he but, he, uh, he just destroyed yeah. a device, and yeah, it was kind of. But I think they tied into the ghost. I thought the ghost was a good spin. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, um, and it's still I quite like it, but um, yeah, I wonder why they got rid of the Invisible Kid just because his powers are kind of like. Useless, probably. Yeah, maybe they felt it was limited, whereas they already had Princess Projecture, you know? And, yeah. I don't know, she yeah, could kind probably. of go through walls, whereas he could just turn invisible. I thought it was interesting, though, that he went into another world. I thought that was cool. Yeah, they, you know, this is the only time they ever really mentioned that. Mm. Um, there's actually, a lot of times they'll mention Phantom Girl, when she's in her mm. phantom form, mm. will kind of go into another world. So it's kind of like they lifted that for her. Yeah, maybe, exactly. Maybe that's why. They've got Phantom Girl, they've got Princess Projection. Did they really need a visible kid as well? Like, it's a lot of sort of very similar sort of styles, you know? Yeah, it's kind of actually, though, now that I think about it, uh, in the Adventure Comics series, he was actually elected the leader. I'm not sure if that was a fan-voted election or just a writer-appointed selection. Yeah. But... You would think if it if you know he was voted leader that he would be one of the more popular characters that you'd keep him around, but you know, just yeah. a well, odd I mean, little thing. I, they were probably trying to clean house a little bit if they were yeah. trying to relaunch. You know, they were, they, were, they were definitely trying to relaunch Legion of Superheroes in the seventies. You know, they were definitely you know like pushing. So maybe there was just a, they just had a board and they were just like we we can't have too many of this type. And Invisible Kid's number came up, unfortunately for him. Um, yeah, and I'll be honest, I, uh, you know, I don't think he's missed that much. <laughs> no, neither do I. Um, I'm giving this issue an eight out of ten. I enjoyed it. I think it's a cool issue. I think the art's very good. I, I really think that these comics have kicked up a gear. You know, in terms of like, I find them quite readable. Um, it, yeah, it, it's like the, a lightweight is... eight. You know what I mean? Like it's a lightweight. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah, I w- I'll give it an eight as well. Um... Yeah, I liked this era a lot. As a kid, I would kind of come to this era starting right around here with 203 up to like 220 would yeah. be kind of the sweet spot for me where I'd flip through them a lot. You'd, you'd slip into that time bubble 
and just yeah. and just go to that era. Why not? I, I, yeah, I don't just... disagree. <laughs> then we had a really I, I love this issue. I, I I I think this issue this issue two o what issue is it two o four? I thought this was fascinating, and I also loved the side story with Brainiac. Do you, I, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna give this one over to you, Adam, because I think this is one that I think is actually way ahead of its time. Um, okay. Yeah, sure. I, I I thought this was fucking cool. Like, do you want to explain? Like, from the opening page, I was totally absorbed. Yeah, so on the cover here, I think that's a Nick Cardi cover, which has always been one of my favorites. It says, I join, I intend to join the Legion whether you like it or not, and I'll yeah. prove I'm better than any of you. And they're all very shocked. Look at look yeah. at um, Cosmic Boy's look of shock. And he's just he's like, what? He's like, what? Like, Brainiac's, like, <laughs> shocked. Superboy is definitely puzzled. But Saturn Girl looks kind of <laughs> terrified. But but Cosmic Boy's really like, oh! He's like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, so we go to the Legion headquarters, uh, and we have the founders there with Superboy and Monel, and they're looking at an old picture they see of um, a forgotten member who's named Anti Lad, mm. and this one's by Carrie Car- Bates and Mike Grell. We should mention all these were written by Carrie Bates. Yes. Um, also, Super a, Super- a Superman writer and Superboy writer, I believe, like of long standing. Right. Yeah, I think he's you know. Decently well regarded. I always regard his Legion pretty highly. Yeah, definitely. Um, he says, oh, uh, never mind. He says, who was Anti-Lad? And, you know, it's they kind of set up that it's a mystery the Legion will never solve. Mm. So we find out here the Legion's not going to find out what happens. Yes. But then they go forward uh, 4,500 years ahead into the 75th century. And there's this kid who's got kind of a butthead. Have you noticed that? Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's kind of like humans have sort of like evolved a bit, I think. Yeah, it was a weird choice of designs, though. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, they kind of look. They kind of look like the thinker or something. You know, like. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an odd design, but I think that was just to show that humans have evolved since the thirtieth century. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, but yeah, we see that there's a kid that's doing a study on. Uh, he's writing a. A report or something, I yes, think. he's Superman. writing a report on Superboy and the Legion. Yeah, Superboy biography. Yes. Uh, so he's viewing the Legion, and then he sees when he was supposed to be joining the team that he actually gets rejected. And mm. He's like, what? Something's wrong. <laughs> uh, so his dad is the one that discovers, well, this is a faulty time viewer, and you're actually changing time by observing it with this viewer. Uh, oh right! Is he, I didn't realize that. Is is that what is he? Does he say that? Yeah, he says this instrument is defective. Instead of merely oh. observing the time stream, its scanning rays have warped it. Oh, I didn't realize that explains. Okay, that explains so much for me because I, I was so confused <laughs> at the end of this story. Right, continue. Yeah, so it doesn't make a, a whole lot of sense, but it was a good enough reason to yes. set us on our story. Um, but he kind of explains what happened as being like. Uh, hitting a domino mm. where this change of the Superboy not joining the Legion is a big deal and it's going to cause you know their present change. And can I just say doesn't that also isn't that like so similar to Doomsday Clock issue 10 the doom, the domino effect Yeah I guess you're right it's yeah, very it's, interesting It's cool that they thought of that in 74 and that whole domino theory kind of thing—that is literally what happens in Doomsday Clock Ten because of like you know move the move the lantern, do this, like fuck around with things, the in you know, a butterfly effect style. 
Yeah, I mean, we totally planned that connection, though, right? We knew that was... Definitely. Well, actually, this is hilarious. I, in my mind, thought that that Domino reference was in Doomsday Clock 10. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) But I read these last night, and, um, yeah, I I think it's... I I really like this issue. I think it's really cool. Yeah, I like it, too. Um, I think it was probably better than the previous one. Um, but yeah, he's putting together a gadget into like a visor. He's going to go back to the Legion's time and he's going to make things right. Yes. Uh, so he arrives back when they were in the little rocket clubhouse. He's got a wicked visor. Yeah. He looks pretty cool. I love that visor. Other than the butt head. Um, and he sees all the Legionnaires there are in like their classic costumes. So not the disco costumes that we've been reading about. Yeah. It's back in the day day. Yeah. So he comes in and he says, I want to apply for membership. And, you know, the Legion are kind of like, hey, you shouldn't be intruding in our clubhouse. And he goes, then, easy, Cosmic Boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But basically, he's able to take all of them out. Yep. And uh, I've got a question. Sorry, um, we referenced before, you were saying Lightning Lad in the mm-hmm. Doomsday Clock 10. Didn't you say he was called Lightning Boy on the on the cue card? Yeah, so in his and first here, appearance, he was called Lightning, Lightning Lad. Boy. Here it's Lightning mm-hmm. Lad again, so they just can't keep their fucking story straight about what he's actually called. I think you maybe misunderstand. In his very first appearance, he's called Lightning Boy. Right. In Doomsday Clock, they're just doing it as a throwback to what was on the cover. Yeah, but that, but that's what I'm saying. On the cover, uh, look, okay, on the cover of Adventure Comics, okay, the classic mm-hmm. cover, what's yeah. he called? Lightning Boy. Okay. In this, where the character goes back to when Superboy was being inducted and tested, he should have been called Lightning Boy on the cue card because that's. Oh, lit- I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You see? I, uh, yeah. In that age, yeah. they kind of just tried to ignore that I at times. I know. They sometimes they would show him in the old costume. Sometimes they'd ignore it. But I just mean, if you're going to do a flashback to the original, you know. Why not make it the original? I, I guess because they don't want to confuse readers at the time, and they've they've gone with Lightning Lad for the last you know twenty years, so that's why. Yeah. You know. Well, here's something that's interesting. Actually, you'll see here that these Legionnaires had just rejected Superboy, yeah. right? Yes. Though normally, when Superboy is applying, the only Legionnaires that we see that are named are Cosmic Boy, Lightning Lad, and Saturn Girl. Here, yeah. you see Colossal Boy, Phantom Girl. You see Brainiac 5. So this means that Superboy was not like the fourth member of the Legion, but he actually joined much later um, and actually joined after Supergirl. Which isn't the normal story, is it? Like, I thought Um, the the normal story was he kind of joined up after them and then the others followed. I thought, maybe I'm wrong. You know, for the reader, yeah, because that's what it was shown. But in his first appearance, they show that there are other Legionnaires, but they're like all in silhouette. Okay. So it's kind of like they're working with uh, there not being very good continuity back in those early days to say, hey, Superboy didn't join the Legion until after Colossal Boy, Brainiac 5, uh, Supergirl. Oh, yeah. So it was kind of interesting that they so did that. So in the original copy, of, in the original issue, there was other members, but they were in silhouette. Is that right? I, I believe so, I, if okay. I remember right. Either that or they're just like drawn very generically. But there yeah. was implied to be like. Well, that means that, that 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 then gives credence to this story, lot, though that, that there sure. were other people like DC hadn't yeah, got around to creating was, them yet, but there was other. Yeah. 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 yeah, 
it's just interesting that rather than ignoring those other members, they were like, well, let's just say that Superboy joined after Supergirl. Um, after because Supergirl? Here, yeah, because what? Brainiac 5 and Supergirl joined at the same time. So that would mean uh, if Brainiac 5 is always already a member, that Supergirl would also already be a member. Well, it's stupid that Supergirl would join before <laughs> Superboy. Like... Uh-huh. Well, think I mean, about because it, like... the whole gist of that first story was that he was their inspiration, right? So it would make sense that they would go yeah. for him and not her. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't go like, oh, you know what we need? Supergirl. Like, yeah. you know, Super, Super, Superman's our big fucking hero, but, like, we, we, we need Supergirl. <laughs> and like... yeah, exactly, yeah. And then, and then yeah, they're I like, this actually, is... no, we need Superboy. Like, later on, they're like, you know who we really need? <laughs> Young Superman, Superboy, because when he was a teenager... Like, and especially because we know from our reading of Superboy comics, Superboy was fucking all over the shop. It wasn't like he was like this little hidden mystery. He had the president had his number, you know. S- Super yeah, exactly. Superboy was just yeah. Superman younger, basically. That's what it boils down to. <laughs> yeah, like he was, they treat Superboy like he's Superman, basically. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting that they did that. Um... And that's something that even Jeff Johns kind of carries forward where when uh, the Legion goes to recruit Superboy, he they bring him back to the 20th century or to the 30th century with them. And there's already other members of the Legion. I was going to ask that. Them. Yeah, okay. So in Jeff Johns' version, and I do kind of take Jeff Johns as kind of, rightly or wrongly, I take him as kind of like the, the kind of modern, you know, word on the topic. Um, sure. He's, in his version, there are other Legionnaires. Um Outside Before the, he joins, yeah. Yeah, which I'm fine with. I just think Supergirl would be stupid, but I'm fine yeah. with there being others. There's no reason they can't be others, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a, too much of a... I mean, it's not keeping me up at night, but it was... Is Crypto you know, a member? I thought Is of him as being the fourth member, because in that first story that mm. you read, mm. it's Cosmic Boy, Lightning Lad, uh, Saturn Girl, and Superboy. Is Crypto a member? Does Crypto come often in the comics to the 30th century? Uh, he comes decently often. Um, we need to he joins the Legion of Super Pets. We, we've got to do a Legion of Super Pets issue or something. Yeah. Like, because awesome. I, I love crypto, as you know, and obviously I like Streaky the Cat as well, and Comet. Yeah, the so horse. it's uh, Comet the Horse and uh, the Beppo the Monkey and Prody. <laughs> Does um, uh, Ace the Bat Hound ever get a run? No, I don't. Maybe <laughs> more modern. I think more modern. Shame. They have a Legion of Super Pets that has okay. Ace. Right. Ace the Bad Hound and the Cow as well, the Bat Cow. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Grant Morrison Bat Cow. Yeah, no, I'd be happy if we could just get a little crypto appearance at some point. You know, I like crypto. <laughs> yeah, I think if you go to. When you when we get to the next issue, one of those reprint stories has the pets come in to help out. But Sweet. yeah, we'll have to do some pets. Yes, for sure. Okay. Um, so continuing yeah, on, so... this guy just dominates the test. Basically, he just is, yeah, just show a showboating, isn't he? Really, you know? Yeah, he's kind of cocky about it, which kind of fits into those early Silver Age things. Yeah, but um, yeah, so they show that he's passed their preliminary tests, and then they go to take a picture of him, uh, which is the picture that they have locked away in their time vault. I like that he's so happy that he's got his nameplate. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's like, I got my name paid, just like I belong. And and Salon goes like, well, actually, we do the same thing for any applicant who passes our preliminary test. She's like, kind of like, don't get too ahead of yourself there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then they kind of establish here, like, this guy was never a member. Okay, this butthead, he wasn't a, yeah. a member. So, yeah, <laughs> it's kind and of funny even 
at this point in the story, they're already saying, like, oh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yes, let's not get ahead of ourselves. And then they're like, um, Brainiac 5's got his suspicions because he's like, you never take that visor off. And he's like, um, I come from a faraway planet. The sun is a thousand times brighter than yours. The visor amplifies Earthlight so I can see. And then Brainiac... I like it when Cosmic Boy's like, what's bothering you, chum? <laughs> when Brainiac 5's like deep, deep in thought. <laughs> and Brainiac yeah, 5 just does a hilarious kind of almost prank on him. He just goes into his room and turns the light on. <laughs> yeah. Which like, is like, come on, Anti-Lad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Anti-Lad, if he'd be clever, he would have had the fucking visor when he's sleeping. You know? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, but he doesn't, and then he's, his eyes are blinking, and Brainiac 5's like, your act is up, my friend. A person who grew up under a super bright sun certainly wouldn't be shielding his eyes from a mere light like this. And then he's, and then they, the next panel, they put him in, like, handcuffs. Yeah, and then it's kind of said that he... They think that he's the one that sabotaged Superboy's tryout. Can which... you explain, though? I don't... This is what I got confused. How and why does Superboy fail the tryout because of this guy? What's the connection? I don't... Like, I, didn't I know that he said, why. just as I thought, these soil particles in his cleats are positively composed of 20th century minerals. Mm. So he must have thought this out, went back in time to the 20th century, put some 20th century minerals into his cleats, and uh. then came forward in time to the Legion's time, and then pretended. So that's why he didn't have the visor on, because he was planning on getting busted, I guess. Right. <laughs> so this is all in off-panel land, basically. So yeah, but weirdly though, it's not described like in in the issue. Only speculated, really. Well, yeah, it's almost like halfway through the story, you kind of lose track of what he was trying to do because it seems like he's just happy to join the Legion at that point, he's right? Just fucking yeah, pumped. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Okay, but but then here's the my picture question, gets though. left behind, and it's a mystery that the Legion will never solve. Yes, and so, but they do remember though that the they've got this picture of this guy and they just like, because yeah. everyone gets amnesia from it. I, I thought it was really kind of interesting, maybe slightly flawed story, but here's my question. Superboy failed the test and then they retest him and he passes. I just don't understand it. Did he actually fail because the guy was looking at it, the thing from the 30th century and messing with time uh, by accident because of what his father said? Is that why Superboy failed? Yeah, that's my understanding. Yeah, it's just not... Because otherwise, you're like, well, Superboy failed his first tryout. Why? Like, Superboy's got all the power set and he's got the right mindset. Like, it would seem weird that Superboy would have failed that test. Yeah, um... I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, in the original, I think even they play a prank on him. Actually... In the original story, I'm pretty sure that he tries out and fails ah. because he tries to, and that's something maybe we should do on the show. Yeah, but he tries to. He keeps getting preoccupied with other emergencies and ah, isn't worried about. Classic boy, like. Yeah. yeah, but the trick is that the Legion actually <laughs> plotted these other emergencies to uh, see if he would do the right thing, and it was does. a prank on him the whole time that. I love you know, the pranks. we're actually plotting these things. Yeah. I love the pranks, man. Like, yeah. the, the Legion <laughs> prank. But even when they have the vote on him, I forget, is it in um the Jeff Johns Doomsday Clock? Someone's like, you're already in. Like, we're already voting 2-1 or something. Like, what was Yeah, yeah. I forget what they say. Is that in Doomsday Clock? 
Is that in yeah, Doomsday that was in Doomsday Clock. Yeah, because they're like, you're already in, we're voting 2-1. And the other guy's like, I'm not saying I'm not voting for him. Like, it's kind of like... He's just like, I don't like the way she's looking at you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. Lightning Lad's kind of like jealous. Because um, yeah. I forget the Lightning Lad and Saturn Girl had this romance, don't they? Because Saturn Girl, to me, I mean, oh, she seems a bit sort of free and a bit loose almost, you know? Like, um, yeah, she's very I, fetching. I think you're saying that because of the bikini. Yeah, yeah I, I, I am well, normally, like, she's kind of uptight, honestly. Okay, but when she's in that bikini, I'm sort of like, you know, she's available, I'm available, let's let's make, you know, let's make magic, you know? Well, hey, she does seem to cheat a lot, so Good. there you go. Well, I mean, not like official, like all the way cheating, but yeah, kind of like on. flirtatious or that's like, fine, that's oh, fine. I was eating somebody to I also say, is there a ring on the finger? Because if there's no ring on the finger, then it's not cheating, you know, like. Well, there was the time with Timberwolf, but they didn't go all the way or anything, it was kind of a. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. Okay. Well, so. anyway, a, a really interesting and cool story. I'm giving this story 8.5. I, re- I actually really enjoyed this story. I thought it was fun. Um, yeah, I'll give it 8.5 as well. Like I said, this is one that I flipped through a lot as a kid. Yeah. No, I can imagine that. I, I, I reckon this is if I had if I'd had these comics as a kid, I, I just didn't I didn't even know about the Legion. I would have loved them. It's it's my kind of cup of tea. Like it's good fun. It's lightweight fun, but it's also decent storytelling. Like it's not just shit. Um, yeah, these are good comics. I mean, is this something? Um, you've got a small child. Like when they when they're you know a bit older, like you know ten of an age. Is this something that you would give them? Like oh, here's something that I like. You know, and just see if they catch. Oh, them for all. sure. Yeah. Cool. Hopefully they have that uh, Bronze Age omnibus out, and I can yeah, give it to them. Exactly. Yeah, you, you say to your wife, "I've got to buy it for the kid." Like, <laughs> yeah. my, my hands are tied. <laughs> yeah. like, I had to, I had to buy a Bronze Age omnibus <laughs> for a ten-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Happy birthday, kid. <laughs> okay. Then we had a really cool story, and I've got to say, I think on a previous episode, I'd spoken out against Supergirl's costume. When I flicked over and I saw Mike Grohl's drawing of Supergirl in this costume with Brainiac 5, I kind of flipped and started to really feel this costume. Yeah, I quite like it, actually. I, um, You know that I have the kind of commission project where I'm trying to get yes. all the different Legionnaires. Yes. I think when I get Supergirl, I'll, I'll try to get this costume done. Yeah, it's almost got like a school crest. Um, it reminds me of when I was in school, you know, 55 years ago, and you'd have the blazer with the kind of crest on it. Her, yeah. her super super costume or super symbol is just kind of more like a crest. Um, yeah, and when Monel becomes Superman, mm. he kind of has a similar costume where it's just like an S up there on his shoulder. Got to be honest, Monel's sliding down my rankings. I'm, I'm not enjoying <laughs> his his well, bitchy hey, attitude. Man, I got some really good Monel stuff that we good. can do sometime, so that'll help. Yeah, he's just had a lot of bitch in his attitude recently. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's uh, cranky at this time. I mean, he's got a lot of pressure on him. He's the leader. Yeah, a lot of pressure. But everyone's had a lot of pressure on them, man. Like, Saturn Girl served two terms consecutive, you know? Yeah, but she also got Lightning Lad <laughs> killed, like, immediately. <laughs> she, by the way, just <laughs> threw in that little factoid that I found out from the previous issue. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> that was actually, yeah, pretty impressive, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is a cool story. Um, really showing a sort of, I mean, I don't, someone says he's human. Is Brainiac 5 human? I thought he was, like, from Kolu. Yeah, I think Kolu's are still, like, human. Oh. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of confused on that. I'm confused. doing a reread, and I'm going to try to pick up more. But Why is he great? At times he's said to be an uh, ancestor of Brainiac, the, you know, Brainiac 1, yes. the villain. Yes. Um, 
but, but yeah, they, I think he's but they, they, they say in this continuity, like in the mid seventies, they say that he's the descendant of like the stepchild of Brainiac, the original Brainiac or something, and then he's like it's like a protege of Brainiac, but he was good. And then the original Brainiac, and then he's a descendant of that person. But why is his skin green if he's human? He's from Kolu, they're all green. Yeah, but that's not human. That's Kolu. Kolowin. You know? Oh, I mean, I guess it just means, like, humanoid, I guess. Yeah, I yeah, exactly. He's humanoid, but he's not human. Human skin. That's a good point, yeah. yeah. That's what that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, definitely humanoid. Sometimes... Like, human people are from Earth, I guess, is what you're saying. And Yeah, look, I, uh, I just think we're being very loose with the term human, you know? What's the context again? I, I don't remember them saying okay, that. Okay, so it's like, um, he's really tired, okay, and... Saturn Girl is saying, you've been tired to the point of exhaustion every day for the past two weeks. All of us have noticed it. It's like, okay, settle down, Saturn Girl. I think you've been pushing yourself too hard lately. After all, you're only human. And and then he's like, maybe you're right. This rest is just I guess, uh, I mean, by that standard, I mean, Saturn Girl's from a moon of um, yeah, but, Saturn. Uh, but, so. like, like to think about, like, humans as in, like, on this planet. Like, Homo sapiens, Yeah. Okay, yeah. like it's the species or whatever you call it. Like, she's a Homo sapien, isn't she? From is she? Is she though? I don't know. Like, but then again, she's a, her people have evolved to have tele telepathy. You know? Yeah, I mean, she's from a different planet. Uh, she's not from Earth. I mean, but did they migrate they from Earth? Earth? Did they migrate from the other Earth? planets? But I'm not sure if that's did the they issue. colonize the planet though? Like, if humans colonize, I don't the think planet, so. Okay. Well then, okay. Not at this time, at least. Right. So they, so if she originated from, she originated from Titan, like if if Titan born and bred, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. and it wasn't yeah. colonized by Earth, then I don't consider that human. That's humanoid. Yeah. I mean, very few of them are human by that standard, but yeah, yeah, I don't know what the term human really means, unless they just mean. I guess you could mean you're only human, as in you're not like supernatural yes good point like yeah you're not exactly you're not like a god you know what she probably didn't expect us to be picking apart every word so <laughs> but we've kind of got saturn girl on fucking notice here with that comment um yeah but i mean you'll cut her some slack right i'll definitely cut her some slack that's you know <laughs> and then i kind of rate that brainiac's kind of gone off with his buddy um who is his buddy Starboy. Um, yeah, I mean they've never really been buddies before or since, but no. sure. But yeah, on this weird occasion, that that on here. this occasion they're kind of thrown together. But there's no interaction between them. He literally leaves. Starboy's just like just ready to have a fucking good time, and Brainiac's just all business. Well, while you're just trying to decide, I'll check us into our rooms, and then he just goes up to his room, and there's there's Supergirl in that costume, and they just immediately start making out. Um, and well, that's him just thinking of her. What? Yeah, on page two, he's just two or three. Oh, no, he's but just thinking. On, on page four, when he arrives. Oh, okay. Yeah, on yeah, page yeah, four, yeah, he arrives and she's yeah. there. And um, and then they start making out. And Yes, yeah, so Supergirl hasn't appeared. This is 1974. She hasn't appeared for about four years right. in a Legion story. She, uh, right. she actually appeared last in other than like a cameo mm. she appeared in the story where superboy leaves the legion for Same tax day. purposes because the legion can only have so many members <laughs> to maintain tax-free status but then she doesn't show up for four years so it's like why didn't you just leave the team yeah well, why would 
Superboy, one of the most heavy hitters of the Legion, be the guy to take the fall. You know, there's so many members that you could lose a member. You know what I mean? Like, Superboy is like one of their linchpins. And, you know, to lose him because of tax avoidance, you know, you, you could have... I hate to say it, but drinking violet. You know what I mean? Like, in terms yeah, of power... I'm just... I, and I'm, I'm only throwing... Her, I, there's other members that are probably less powerful. Like, but Superboy, he's kind of right up there as one of your tanks, you know? Yeah, I think he left for, like, uh, he ends up choosing to leave is what happens. He's, like, sabotaging all the attempts uh, for other people to leave or be disqualified. Uh, Classic you know, prank boy, so noble. Boy. <laughs> so noble, but so dedicated to pranking. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, the thing is, like, he uh, lives in the 20th century, so it's, I don't know, it's, like, you can still come hang out, right? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Exactly. Yeah, but anyway, so basically, Supergirl just straight away puts the heavy word on Brainiac Five, and he just leaves. He's like, "I'm out of here." Uh, um, Supergirl's like, "No nonsense, Starboy. I convinced you to quit the Legion and go away with me. I can't stay. No, I can't say no, Starboy. I love Kara too much. Here, take my flight ring. I won't be needing it anymore." And then, oh, hey, something that you'd like about Starboy is mm. he dates Dream Girl, so I thought Good. you would like to know that. <laughs> yeah, I also think his costume's kind of cool. Like, Yeah, I always like this one. And then later on, he's in Jeff John's JSA, and he's got like the full star face mask. Is, cool. is that the design? Is that just the design, or is that actually like stars? You know, like, like energy? I think it's just the design initially. Um, and Jeff John's stories he says that it's like a map to the multiverse oh that's cool. there's some kind of that's actually cool. to it. yeah that's actually yeah. that's good work from jeff johnson Where, where's that in is that in that's Secret? in crisis of three earths oh okay was that lot, we read there was a lot going on in there maybe yeah, I just... yeah yeah <laughs> um i really did enjoy that that was that was good stuff um yeah, yeah so then he leaves and oh also he's in kingdom come i thought i'd mention that because i know you like kingdom come i love kingdom come oh, i'm due for kingdom come reread actually um yeah one thing I wish that Kingdom Come, there's so many characters that don't really get a chance to shine in Kingdom Come. Like, they're just background characters. Sure, like Starboy. Yeah. Oh, and also, yeah. another character in Kingdom Come is the child of Brainiac 5 and Supergirl. So, just kind of cool. weird that they're in the story together. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I've read Kingdom Come probably ten times, and honestly, that doesn't jump out at you, does it? No, um, it's like background. They do flesh things out a bit more in the kingdom, which isn't great. No, but they do the one shots. Like there's one on uh, Plastic Man's kid called Offspring. It yeah. has art by Frank Quiley. Okay, it's actually really good. Um, yeah. Okay. If you want to know more, I'd recommend reading that. I don't know if you've already have, but I tried um, reading the Kingdom right after Kingdom Come and threw it away in disgust. But it's not bad. I mean, it doesn't have the art, obviously, yeah. and then the the actual storyline isn't good, but it's the one shots that yes. have a little more meat to them. I'd be more patient with it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there was actually an incident where I went back into my comic store and got a refund from it. I threw it across the table at the guy. And well, what it, was the problem? You didn't enjoy the story? Or I fucking hated it. I, I, I read Kingdom Come and thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then, then this guy pushed on the kingdom to me and I read it on the train going home and I came in the next day and he said he'd give me a refund. And then he wouldn't give me the refund, and and I oh. threw it across the table. And I said, "Keep it. I don't want it. I'm never coming." I said, "Keep it. I don't want it. I'm never coming back." And marched wow. out. Did yeah. you go back? No, because they were a really shit store, 
And yeah, um, I mean, okay. yeah, it was it was kind of like I could. Well, in fairness, actually, about two years later, I snuck back to just buy <laughs> buy this Hulk uh, figurine they had, but that was the only appearance from me. But it was it was one of those situations. The guy was a prick. And and I, you know, you know, when you just, I, I was like, I couldn't give a fuck about this comic, and I threw it across the table. I said, "Keep it. I don't want it. I'm not coming back." And just marched out. Yeah, felt so good. It's unfortunate that there's uh, a lot of shops like that. Yeah, they were they, they've closed, and they were a particularly bad store in Sydney, like renowned for being just awful. You know, people like and just terrible service, and mm-hmm. just oh, just all really objectionable. This was like 20 years ago, but I, I never forget the feeling of just power as so I just strode out. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> just all attitude. Um, so basically here, uh, Brainiac and um, Supergirl are flying out, and then there's going to be problems, um, some radiation, and Supergirl rips off the cape to wrap around Brainiac 5, and then it's kind of funny because the the particles come in. Then she takes the cape off. He's like, "Woo, thanks a trillion, Kara. It's lucky you were here with me." And Supergirl's like, "What? But I wasn't. I was at the base when Starboy called. I just arrived in time to save you." And it turns out there was a, an android. It's kind of cool that Brainiac had been designing kind of sleepwalking because he missed Supergirl so much, and that that android is like. Literally, he's been programming that android, and he gave her life for um, Brainiac Five, basically. And then um, it dies, and it's kind of awkward because it's kind of monologuing about how obsessed he is with Supergirl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and uh, one is creepy that he's obsessed, and two, it kind of foreshadows some of his like mental illness that we'll see coming oh, up, really? um, where he's not always the most stable. I didn't know that actually. Um, I, wow, I didn't know that he had mental illness. But it was interesting, though. Because, and then Supergirl is... It's kind of cool. Like, she's like... Um, that's what I was doing here, Brainy. Not to tell the others what I just told you. I'm not sure I even want to be a Supergirl anymore. Until I get my own life sorted out in my own time era, the 1970s, I can't cope with being a part-time legionnaire like my cousin Superboy. But someday I will return. And maybe then you and I could pick up where we left off. Then they kiss and that's the end. I actually thought that was kind of a very bittersweet like ending, quite well told, really. Yeah. Um, so I looked into. Yeah, I thought it was a good story, uh, and I like seeing a kind of a spotlight on those two because yes. I don't think you get a whole lot of spotlight on those two. And uh, I looked to see when she came back to the Legion again, yeah. and the next time they really get a moment together isn't for like seven years from wow. this story. It's a long time between, uh, which is in nineteen eighty one. Yeah, yeah. You, Which for them was yeah. probably less time, but by the time 1981 comes around, Crisis is only a few years away, and then she dies. Is she wearing the headband in in 81? Yeah, I was going to mention that earlier. I <laughs> definitely prefer this to that stupid I headband and perm. Stupid fucking aerobics Jane Fonda like look that that she had. It's yeah. just ridiculous. Like I like it on Jane Fonda back in the day, but like it looks looks stupid when yeah. I I I like this. Uh, era Supergirl, actually. I was always fond of the original Supergirl, like, where she's just, yeah. like, you know, the mystery. But I like this era. It grew on me. And I thought it was a sweet story. She looks a little more grown up, right? With yeah, this. yeah. With the sort of bombshell hair that they, a lot of them have. You know, they've got that sort of Mary Tyler Moore hairdo um, mm-hmm. from the 70s. Yeah, good issue. 
bittersweet would you describe it as like literally like it's kind of almost a bit mature like she they're sort of like she's like i can't stay here i'm not sure if i want to be supergirl maybe we can pick up where we left off and then they sort of kiss and it's kind of like okay this isn't this is kind of just a moment in time yeah i think it is kind of sad and you know how hard he's struggling you know um but uh yeah yeah, i mean at least he gets the um that last kiss be funny if he would say i'll just build another robot (laughs) 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 he's like i'll just build a robot and just pretend it's you and we'll have sex and It'll be okay. I'll be okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be okay to come back, and then who knows? Maybe you can join the band, and we can have two. You know, could get real crazy. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that somebody should add a page on there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah like after, I... after Supergirl leaves, he goes back to the lab. <laughs> um, uh, I, but, I'm giving this uh, issue. Yeah, they, I'm giving um... this issue eight point five, almost a nine. I, I really enjoyed this issue. Oh, great! Yeah, I'd give it. Yeah, around that too, eight point five or so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, well, one thing that's nice is that Brainiac Five and Supergirl do get a little time together under the Levitt's run, where she comes back and she's more active than Superboy. So that's kind oh, of oh right. So that's the Levitt's run in the eighties, yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah. So that's right after. Before. Is that after Great Darkness or is that before? Uh, it's right after Great Darkness. She comes back as like a. You know, a regular. I'm looking forward to getting to that era at some point. You know, it doesn't need. Yeah, to no, be I think we stuff. should. It's yeah. it's it's the best stuff. I I was listening to a podcast called the Legion of Substitute Podcasters. They do a really great show. Um, Not as good as Legion. us. Not as good as us, but they do a decent <laughs> show. I would yeah. say, you know, like they they <laughs> we're we're hitting like big big into cricket terms big hundreds. They're putting together some tidy 50s, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, they've been doing it a long time, but yeah, I mean, you know. We're the new kids on the block, man. Don't be, don't, don't be scared because you're the new kid on the block, man. Like, I've been on that, I've been on the block for a while now, and let me tell you, there's a lot of hate that signal generates, man. <laughs> I believe it, I believe it. <laughs> but <laughs> they were talking about the uh, Mount Rushmore, I guess they said, oh. of Legion creators. Okay. And Paul the Levitz. first two that everybody kind of agreed upon, were you going to say something? I was going to say Paul Levitz, surely? Yeah, well, yeah, they were going to say Paul Levitz was when they all agreed upon, and then mm. Keith Giffen was when they all agreed sure. upon, and that was their run together. So Who else would you put on there? I mean, wouldn't some people say Jim Shooter, because he was like 16 or whatever, or 15 or whatever? Yeah, I think Jim Shooter was kind of like agreed upon to be the third, um, and then the next one was actually... Uh, Mike Grell was I was going to say Kerry Bates and Mike Grell must be close, you know. Nobody mentioned Kerry Bates. His yeah. run was relatively short, really. Okay. He only does about right. 20 or 30 issues, I think. But, yeah, I, I really like his run. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, Jim Shooter was kind of a swearing for the third. And then Mike Grell, they mentioned. They also mm. mentioned Dave Cockrum, who did all these redesigns. Yes, being, yes. Um, and then the other ones they mentioned were, like, editors. Um, oh. Somebody, I think, mentioned. Matt Rush was getting very Andy crowded Andy. all of a sudden, isn't it? Like... <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Mark Wade was in the conversation. Fuck off, Mark Wade. No, I read his I read his Legion, and it's not Mount Rushmore worthy. You know, I think it's pretty good. He, you have to remember though, Mark Wade was kind of involved with all the different iterations. First, as a kind of a super fan. Second, he did editor duties for the uh, five years later stuff, and then he masterminded the reboot. Well. You can't be on every mountain, though. Like, you're on the Superman mountain, you're on the fucking Flash mountain. Like, you can't be on every single mountain, Mark Wade. I'm sorry. Some guys are just that good. 
Yeah, but yeah, I, 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 probably, I, I don't think his Mount. run was that good. That he does Mount Rushmore. You're the you, you're from the states. So isn't Mount Rushmore like the ultimate to get on that kind of thing? Like, didn't Trump want to put himself on? <laughs> oh God, um, <laughs> Trump I mean, was like, "Yeah, I should be on there or something." <laughs> <laughs> like, who's on Mount um, Rushmore? Is it like Lincoln or someone like that? Or it's Lincoln, Roosevelt, Jefferson, and uh, crap. Yeah, but they're they're big hitters. They're big hitters, you know. I can't remember. That's sad. <laughs> yeah, but they're yeah, big hitters. They're uh, big, you know. I don't know. I think you like Wage Run better if we do Is it Is Washington again. on there? Yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah, but uh, I think you would like better Wage Run. I read it. Maybe. I read you it. You have some familiarity with it. I, but I read it back in the day. And you didn't like it at all? No, I, I liked it. But I, I, I'm just saying there's like and then there's Mount Rushmore level, you know? Back. I agree with that. I mean, no, I liked it. I thought it, I collected it. had a lot of different it. phases with the Legion, though, other than just the one. Okay, like, I get like... you. are coming in there. He's kind of as a player, as a coach, as a manager, kind of thing, as an editor. You know, yeah. the whole the I whole mean, package deal. He had a whole other run besides yeah. that one. Okay, all right. I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> well, it's like if you judge Paul Levitz on his most current New Fifty Two <laughs> stuff without taking into consideration no. everything else he did. No, definitely not. Definitely. But... Yeah, but you ignore that. That's kind of like, for me, the Paul Levitt's run, you ignore the last couple of years of the career, you know, when you look at the stats. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I like parts of it, but yeah. yeah. Uh, fair enough. Well, I think what we can say is Mark Wade's inclusion on the Mount Rushmore Legion is contentious. It's still under a view, you know? Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, like I said, Giffen and Shooter and... Uh, Giffen, Shooter, and Levitz automatically take up yes. three spots. So, yes. one person that people mentioned was um, I forget who Catherine uh, who? Catherine Berger is it Catherine Berger? Karen Berger, the editor. Karen Berger. Yeah, so she was the editor on that um, Keith Giffen and okay. uh, Paul Levitz uh, right before she started the Vertigo stuff. Is so. that the five years later thing? No, she was involved with, like, the Great Darkness Saga era. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, Karen Berger, fantastic editor, like, legendary. So quite likely that she was a very great influence back in the day before Vertigo, you know. Um, but I think it also speaks to the quality of the Legion that, you know, the same people involved would uh, go on to do Vertigo, which became, you know, I think she had an eye for talent. Oh, 100%. Um, well, I'm glad we've settled that and we've sort of got into the Mount Rushmore. And, and, and listeners, if you've got suggestions for Legion, and maybe it's someone who came on and did like two issues and blew it out of the water. Because um, I'm going to say something controversial. I think before Mark Wade, I'd put Carrie Bates on that based on what I've read. You know? Yeah, I could see that. Um, maybe that's a hot take. A that's stuff. a hot take. Maybe I'm just a young kid, you know, with dreams. <laughs> who, yeah. who wrote? Who wrote? the issue where uh, the adventure comics issue who wrote that and who drew it what you mean the first one yes because they should be on there if you ask me uh i think that is <laughs> win mortimer and uh, al plastino no well, that's not right. al plastino for sure well i'm gonna say um, al plastino i've never heard of it but i like the name maybe he should be on there towering above them kind of like in the lord of the rings when they go in fellowship of the ring you know those those guys who are over the river? The statues? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Otto Bender, sorry. Otto Bender and Al Pacino. But think, yeah. yeah. Um... Otto Bender and Al Pacino maybe should be statues 
when you go into the park where the monument is, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much uh, work they really did after their first appearance, yeah. to be honest, because, you know, the Legion didn't even appear for a few years after that. Um, I'm just saying that they should be in the park statuized. I'm a big fan of you. Sure. Give the original creator credit. It's it's oh yeah, you know sure. they came up with the concept. They pitched it in a meeting. Um, I know other people massively modified it and worked on it, but those original guys. I'm just saying those guys are girls. They should be in the park statues of them. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't disagree with you. Um, you. Yeah, they would be good. Uh, Kurt Swan and. Yeah. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Jerry Siegel would Jerry also Siegel, be good ones. I mean, it's it, it, it'd be kind of a weird. What I'm picturing now, it's kind of like in um, is it Narnia where she turns everyone to stone? <laughs> you remember? Like, uh, I think it's I the White Witch, and she turns everyone to stone when when I think Edward or someone's going through the thing because she. Can... Oh, okay, yeah. So, like, imagine that. my park. It's just all these freezes of people, like in stone. <laughs> it's yeah, like, hopefully the statue's not actually like yeah, people turn stone. It's like this is kind of creepy, Dave. I'm like, yeah, I wanted to go dramatic, you know. <laughs> you know what I was thinking of was the Return to Oz, where she turns people to stone and then cuts their heads off. Love it. That was pretty creepy. That was definitely creepy. Um, Have you seen it? Yeah, I mean, I've seen it like a thousand years ago. Yeah, yeah like, that movie really uh, yeah. scared me as a kid. No, it just scared me too, actually. Yeah, that, I remember it was very unsettling. Like I was kind of like. This was supposed to be Wizard of Oz, like Jesus, like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Wizard of Oz went up a notch. <laughs> We're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we better turn to the final issue because I quite enjoyed this yeah. issue. Um, issue two hundred five of um, Superboy starring the Legion of Superheroes. That's on the front cover, so we've got confirmation there. Alan will be happy. Um, yep. Starts. Pretty interestingly, Lana Lang and Ultra Boy, and Ultra Boy was wearing some look, 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 aviator shades. Um, they're about to get shot. I wanted you to take us through this issue. Just give us the broad strokes, Adam. I loved this issue. Once again, Carrie Bates wove a spell. Yep, Carrie Bates and Mike Grell. And Mike Grell on um, that, yeah. First page, we see the Legion are going to execute Ultra Boy mm. and Lana Lang. Yep. And then we go back, it's Lana Lang's birthday, and she's upset that uh, Superboy didn't show up for her birthday, but kind of uh, Clark's there. Yep, and she's kind of like, she's kind of she's like, thanks, Clark, when she gets takes yeah. the thing. But then it's hilarious when Superboy's just like, they're in the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he's kind of sitting like, uh, it's kind of, looks kind of uncomfortable. He looks super uncomfortable, yeah, he's kind of perched, almost like a cat or something, and... But then he's like, I didn't realize he's actually their girlfriend boyfriend. I didn't realize that. I don't think he meant. I don't think he meant like girlfriend. I he just he kind of means the like, more modern terminology, where it's like girlfriend, that kind of thing. Like yeah. Yeah. she's always really into him, so it felt weird to me to say it like that. But yeah, I don't like know if it was more common. Teasing to say Lana that. with his like throwing terms like girlfriend around. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you don't remember, what was it? Uh, One ninety eight, I think mm. he. Uh, uses his heat vision That's to right. cut an apple from a tree and knock her out. That was funny. <laughs> yeah, that was actually funny because, like, she was putting him under a bit of pressure at the time from memory. <laughs> yeah. And then he wraps uh, her yeah. up in the in the actual cape, which I like to take her on to the 30th century doing the classic time jump that he can do. Yeah, and they show that uh, she's also Insect Queen. Yes. Who was uh, impressed the Legionnaires so much that 
they unanimously voted her a full-fledged reservist. Why did they? She impress them. She's. I mean, I, I'm going to say something controversial. She always seems kind of bitchy to me, and <laughs> you know, and like just obsessed with Superboy. Like, and she had a ring that turns into an insect. Like, what's so impressive? She's got a ring that turns into an insect. That's it. I think she saved them or something. I don't remember that story very well, but yeah, I think she saved them. But she so. comes into them, and they're all very grumpy and glum as she comments. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and they're saying that Ultra Boy has gone mad. Yes. But also, to note, this is the uh, first one that we've seen Wildfire in since he's joined, other than the one where he just changes his name. So, yeah, that's true. But yeah, so yeah, they're holding Ultra Boy, and they're like, he's crazy. Um, and then they're discussing with the Legionnaires, but Ultra Boy breaks out, and he fights Superboy, and he takes his cape, and he ties it around him. Uh, but... Uh, somehow they're able to take out Ultra Boy. They don't actually show it as well. Like, in one panel, he's being crushed to death by Ultra Boy. The next time, they're like, um, he passes out, and then it's like they went in and got him. I was like, how did they go and get him? Yeah, I would assume that mon took him out. I don't know. But, like, you know, Ultra, Boy, took him out. Ultra Boy, when he's crazy, is stronger than Superboy. Now, mon not stronger than Superboy, is he? No, but I mean, maybe there was more than white you know, of numbers. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. they had a uh, shadow ass and yeah. yada yada. Exactly. Anyway, but, and then so he he sees the knot that um, that uh, Ultra Boy did, which turns out to be big later on. And then Brainiac Five's saying how people back in the day thought uh, people going mad was caused by demons. But they've actually found out it's caused by a virus, which the antidote's on this distant planet, and Superboy has to go to that planet, and he jets off, basically. Yeah, but it turns out they're kind of just sending him away because secretly they're the ones that have been uh, acting evil. I'm embarrassed to say that the twist completely took me by surprise. <laughs> when, when, what? When, when they... When they um, <laughs> it was funny. When they actually took Lana, and she's like, Mono, what are you doing to me? And then Phantom goes like, just like we promised, we're going to take care of you, Lana. I didn't actually see that coming. And I was like, oh. Even though the cover and the um, the first page tease there, you still didn't really... Well, I, yeah, I, I guess I just was going with the old, the old um, uh, you know, the covers weren't always indicative yeah, exactly yeah, of what's going on. I mean, I, I didn't think about it too deeply, to be honest. I was just like, yeah, I got you. that's yeah. a cool and twist. And there's a hundred ways for that to yeah, play exactly. out. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, Wait, so, yeah, so they, Is that Karate Kid uh, there in the yellow? What's that? Is that Karate there? Kid in the yellow who's holding Ultra Boy? Uh, yeah. Cool. Like, in the karate outfit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh yeah i like karate kid a lot he hey, gets cool. a new costume soon he might have already showed up in his new costume and then they switched back mm. but it's uh like uh i don't know like a high collar white costume that looks pretty cool, cool. but yeah oh i like um, i know the costume you're talking about it does look cool yeah I, yeah i've, I like I've it. seen it before yeah so i reckon it's a better costume than the yellow costume actually agreed agreed um but yeah, so Ultra Boy comes to, and he's tied up next to Lana, and the Legion are going to execute him. Yeah. Uh, and they blast him. But they reveal that Superboy was actually stuck around, because yep. the knot that Ultra Boy had tied is called a hoax knot. Yes. Which indicated to Superboy that he is being hoaxed. 
lucky, actually, really, that Subo is paying such close attention. And I, I guess it pays to the storytelling because they do make notice of that knot and then, you know, they call it back straight away. And I've got to be honest, I, I, I know that today they will decompress that, but I don't reckon that they would have done it any better, you know, just by taking more issues and pages. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Just a, just a note there. Sometimes doing the simpler kind of abbreviated version, if it's done well, is better than doing the long extended. Like, compare this issue to those issues of Bendis. These are way more readable, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, and it's nice because you get some sort of conclusion yes. each one, whereas the Bendis one is like, you still don't really get it's any It's dragging conclusion. on, you know what I mean? It just, it, just, it just doesn't feel like it's going anywhere fast, you know? Yeah. That's been this in general uh, with this DC stuff, at least anymore. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So the Legion are building a space arc, and they're going in. Um, I'm sorry, the controlled Legionnaires are building a space arc, mm. whereas Ultra Boy, Super Boy, and Insect uh, Insect Queen are going to investigate. Uh, they find a guy that's going that's been controlling them. And they confront him, and he reveals that the plan is to take all the Legionnaires out to a planet, and they're all going to reproduce and become his army, because he can control people. Um, I don't remember why he can't control Ultra Boy, do you? Uh, yes, there, there, there was a, oh yeah, I'm not sure, why he couldn't control him. Yeah, I don't um, know if he just wasn't around when he started controlling people. Maybe, yeah, I'm not sure about yeah. that. I had a feeling that, like, there was an explanation for why, but maybe, you're right, maybe he just didn't. Maybe Ultra Boy was too strong. Yeah, I would have, like, it would have been cool if it would have been something similar to, remember how in Legion Lost, where he's on that planet, and when he's using his invulnerability, mm. they can't, uh, he, he couldn't be, he couldn't see the, what was it, like an illusion? Yeah. It would have been cool if they did something similar here, but I don't think they did. But, yeah, no, that, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm reading it, and I, I can't see any explanation for it. I, I thought there was one, but no, I think you're right. It's kind of funny when um, Ultra Boy comes in to fight him and, like, um, Lana, like, gets in with the, the sort of web, and she's just like, Lana's become a Spider-Woman. <laughs> I was wondering if that was kind <laughs> of like a bit of a meta reference to Marvel, you know? Yeah, probably. Yeah. It's also fucking hilarious that she actually takes on the form of the insect and stuff. Like yeah, changes. I always found that pretty gross, though. Yeah, I know honest. it's 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 weird. Like it's like Jesus, like like she actually becomes like a massive spider or a fucking bee or whatever, like a uh, deadly wasp woman. Like it's like okay, I guess so. You know, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like uh, okay, Lana. It's it, it's as useful as I've ever seen Lana Langby in anything. You know, because yeah, um, she yeah, a Legion reservist. Um, if I don't think you've read it, I think we've talked about this. The uh, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow? Mm. She makes an appearance there and is Insect Queen, and she kind of helps with the final battle with Superman's villains, and cool. you get to see her killed off. <laughs> Thanks, Alan Moore. <laughs> yeah. Just also fucking kills Crypto, doesn't he? Jesus, Crypto. He kills Jimmy. Um, what? Pete Ross. And people like this. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm it's gonna have to read like it. I've got continuity, it. so I yeah. think that's why. Killing crypto, I mean, killing Lana, I'm like okay with. I don't really care that much, but like 
crypto's big. Crypto's one that hits me in the heartstrings, you know? Crypto is sad. Yeah, I'm sad thinking about it. Like, thanks, Alan Moore. Thanks for bringing us all down. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm going to take your love of Superman and crypto and cripple you emotionally, kids. (laughs) 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 How funny is when this master gets taken off his helmet and he looks so pathetic? Yeah, um, it's just like sad. He's like, "Put me down, I say." And Superboy's just holding he's him. a bit of a nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kind of like at the end, Superboy's just holding him up like he's a fucking cat or something by the neck, and he's like in this sort of like almost like a leotard. <laughs> yeah, he, just, he looks like a little uh, Mister Mixius Pitlick. Yeah, he does. Yeah, but but like so, a but like a non-powered Mister Mix Pizlick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I do like on the next page how they have these like. Uh, little banners at the top that are new to introduce, like the reprint. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, definitely. There's there's one here about um, uh, meet Iron Mike Grell, which which Mike Grell tells his storyline about um, how he was a Vietnam veteran and and all this kind of stuff and like. What and page that, is that? Uh, in my issue, it's page twenty two. It's after. It's the one right after the end. So the end. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see it. Um. Well, we're going to fill in the blank space with an incredible story we're going to tell, aren't we, Master? In in like you know commas, and then so Mike Grell tells the story, and then there's Law of the Legion, and, and we do Monel Element Lad. Element Lad was the one who kind of went crazy in Legion Lost, wasn't he? You know, uh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, he was the one who lived like you know billions of years or whatever. Dream yeah, Girl, Dream Girl, I love Dream Girl, man. I've got to be honest, like yeah. She's one of my favorites. She's easily one of my favorites. Did you see I put on Legion Outpost a couple of my favorite Legionnaires? And I was like, it was like Dream Girl <laughs> and like Shadow Lass, I think. Um, Princess Projector, Shadow Lass. I like the Shadow Lass is kind of like looking like a bit playful there. If you look at like a, how she's like, she's like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, well, um, yeah, Timberwolf, Chemical King. I'm not familiar with Chemical King. I don't think I've read anything with Chemical King. Yeah, so Chemical King, he comes around at the end of the adventure stuff, and then he dies probably in like 20 oh. issues, so he's oh. not around very long. Okay, Wildfire. I think they thought his powers were too hard to write. He yeah. controls chemical reactions. Yeah, that does seem a bit hard. I mean, you've got Element Lad who can already do shit with elements, you know? Um, exactly. Pharaoh yeah. Lad. Now, I've got a question. Elastic Lad, which is Jimmy Olsen. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> this is where I get confused. Jimmy Olsen attends the Legion, but he's from Superman's time period. Uh, these last five are just honorary members. So Elastic right. Lads, Kid Psycho, Insect Queen, Pete Ross, Ron Vidar. Um, but yeah, he kind of had his own title, so he could come back and... Yeah, but is there interaction where Superboy is there with, with J- Jimmy Olsen? Like, that's odd. I think there's some, yeah. Yeah, but like it's odd because... Superboy oh, right, yeah. wouldn't know Jimmy Olsen because... because Superman knows Jimmy. He's like, well, I'm, I'm Superboy's pal Jimmy Olsen. And Superboy's like, Superman? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, That's wow, true. we're going to become best friends in the future. And Jimmy's like, yeah, it's going to be great. Like, huh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to have to look through. I'm not actually completely sure. I'm pretty sure there's a story where Pete Ross and Jimmy Olsen are there, yeah. who is basically Superman's best friend best as friend. a kid and Superman's best friend as an adult. Yeah, it's like, well, um, I'm his best pal now. And, and, and Pete Ross is like, yeah, you really cut my lunch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he totally ditched you, Pete, for me. <laughs> I've, I've got a signal watch. Do you have one? Um, yeah, it's just kind of funny. Like, I mean, I'm sure that's just the 
chum of the time period. And, and look, you could tell an interesting story with that as well, you know? Like, well, yeah, and it's just, I don't even remember, like, the things like that never really occurred to me. Like, um, the same yeah. how Superboy and Supergirl are yes. both in the Legion at the same time. Yeah. And it's like, well, he's a kid, mm. and he should know about Supergirl, really, because, except I guess sometimes they make him forget Does he just do Don't Ask, Don't Tell as well? Is it kind of like that? Like... You know, he's like, I don't want to know too much about the future of Superman. Yeah, that, and then I think also they actually have a thing where when he goes back to his present time, he kind of forgets the details of what happened during the Legion's time. <laughs> That's convenient. Yeah. I think it's like a, a thing that Saturn Girl did, maybe. Right. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, I just altered your mind every single time you came. <laughs> I hope you don't mind Superman, but I just did like a little bit of brainwashing every single time. Um, yeah, that's it's cool. Like, I mean, I enjoyed this issue. Uh, look, I don't know exactly what I would give it. Like, it's it's a good solid. You know, it's it's seven point five. It's eight. It's a good solid issue. There's there's every single one of these issues I really enjoyed. I read them all last night with a cup of tea, and it was effortless. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's good stuff coming up, too, uh, if we did continue on with this or we moved on to something else. There's um, still cream in the crop. I, I, is, that, is that the expression? Yeah, cream in the know. crop, yeah. I think cream in <laughs> the crop, yeah. Look, yeah, I, and I think we'll make a decision on that. I think, uh, listeners, if you want to maybe chime in with some suggestions uh, of Legion, and frankly, we're happy to go really anywhere, aren't we, Adam, for some of these ish, ish, you know episodes? Um, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, so yeah, you know, give us some suggestions. Whether it's just like a one shot, like a Silver Age one shot, you'd like us to cover, we can certainly fit that in. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll be back soon. But uh, I mean, I really found this a pleasure. And we were talking, I think, just before the show, Adam, that this uh, these these issues were collected in archives, which is probably why they've been digitized so well in Comicsology. But they haven't been put out in the hard covers like Superboy and the Legion, uh, volumes one and two. Strangely enough, uh, start but after this, don't they? So this is kind of in between the omnibus um, covers, Silver Age omnibuses, which I've got three of them, and the Superboy and the Legion hard covers that recently got released. This is kind of like in the in between period. Yeah, so hopefully it'll be the next thing they collect now that they have all the Silver Age stuff out. They've got to put the Bronze Age one out, don't they? You know. I would think so. They've got to do it. I mean, there's it just like they put considering some of the shit you say they put out. You know, where you're just like, it feels like there's 20 fans in the whole world. Like Legion, you know, Legionnaires out there, they're, they're a solid fan base. They love all this old stuff. You know, um, there's a yeah, lot I of agree. collectors. Oh, I was going to tell you uh, in this issue 205 on page 92, the Legion of Super Pets come in to uh, help out the Legion. Just uh, what if you wanted this? to check that out. What issue? What? Uh, the one we were just doing is issue 205. There's a reprint in there. Oh. And the Super Pets come in on page 92. Wow. Okay. I'm going to have to track down because my, my version only has this story. Oh, okay. So it doesn't So it would be Adventure issue. Comics 350 and 351 is the story just reprinting. Sweet. Okay. I'll check it out. Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, radio, that's good, good to know. They must have yeah. just done the digitizations for the archives of the, the new stuff. Yeah. To, to, I can put, to put it up um still very worthwhile um yeah i mean so look i do want to recommend to people uh if you've got any suggestions you can uh message uh the facebook page legion outpost um i'm not sure if I've, if I've got the email up so for now if you want to email me directly signal of doom 
at gmail.com, which is the you know the network we're under, I guess you could say, the Signal HQ. Um, any suggestions, you, yeah, but just go to Legion Outpost Facebook page. Also got the Twitter page. Uh, and, yeah, just, just communicate any feedback. Um, as we said, it's live in the sense that we're alive. We're not dead and talking to the dead, you know? <laughs> like we're alive still. I mean, I've got, I've got, I've got tombstones in my eyes, but I'm still breathing. You know. <laughs> yeah, we're alive in your heart. Exactly. Um, Adam, anything you'd like to promote? I mean, obviously you're doing your commissions. Is that saga continuing? Searching? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm still uh, waiting on some. Where you know, it's a, it's a hobby where you're constantly anxious to get stuff back, and it makes you want to go shopping for more. So it's kind of dangerous that way. Have you got Saturn Girl? Like, a, you know, you're gonna get. I, can you commission? What about commissioning Mike Grell to do a Saturn Girl for you? How about that? Oh God, I'm sure I couldn't afford him. I want. I don't know uh, how much yeah. that would be, but like, how much would it be? Well, a few hundred bucks more. I don't know. I mean, if you were just getting Saturn Girl, it might be a few hundred bucks. Um, generally, I you know don't go into that range no. uh, that often because no. you know it's a lot. But just, you like the way I'm just tossing ideas out for you. You just spend your money. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Have yeah, you got one of Saturn, Saturn Girl though yet, or not? Have you is Saturn Girl in the group picture or anything from you? Uh, yeah, I have one where they're fighting the time trapper that is Saturn Girl, and then the one that I have with Lightning Lass against um, the Super Moby Dick of space. That's right. Also, yeah. That's cool. Well, I also want to mention, look, uh, this is all part of the Signal of Doom kind of network. Uh, Signal of Doom is the main show. I would really appreciate it if um, anyone who's interested checks out the Signal of Doom show. We've got the Facebook page. We've got a Patreon uh, patreon.com slash signal of doom uh, and look it's really appreciated it all goes towards show expenses hosting fees equipment etc um, it helps the signal yeah you should say that the signal of doom is like um, you you know what you do on there is you have the pop culture news and the um, book of the month exactly. or book of the week yeah we, we do hot basically we do hot takes on the news you know like we, we news items we give our spin on it and then we do a book of the book of the week. So, for example, this week it was vamps. You know, when we, we choose from around DC, Marvel, whatever. And then we also do a couple of weekly comics each week that are coming out. Um, yeah, and it's you know it's it's a fun show. Like uh, we've been doing it now for about th- oh no over three years because we're, we're about to hit episode two hundred. So oh wow, closer to four. Um, yeah, congrats. Thanks, man. We're going to do a Christmas episode. You've been invited to a Christmas episode, actually, Adam. Um, I know time. All right. Yeah, I know. I know. It's difficult to get Adam in, in the same time and place as, as we're doing it with Richard, um, Tash, and me are all confirmed, and Dion. So there's going to be four people confirmed on this. Can you imagine those with the kind of energy that's going to be on that show, Adam? <laughs> It's going, it's going to be a packed house. It's going to be a packed house. And, yeah, we're looking forward to that. But, no, I do want to thank all the listeners, and I especially want to thank all the Legionnaires who've been supporting Legion Outpost in general. So, on that note, unless yeah, thank you've you. got anything else, Adam, that you'd like to, you know, is there anything are you taking? I often ask Richard, uh, are you open to assassinations, open to hits, um, generate <laughs> some extra cash? You know, uh, you know, I think I'm all full up. You know, maybe uh, I could use some Christmas money though, so I'll have exactly. to think about it. Yeah, have a think, have a think. You know, this episode will be up tomorrow. All right. On that note, thank you and good night. <laughs>